And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, not only is Josh Thompson back from the state of Texas and he's back in Californication, but the weighing in podcast is back and we've got some fights to talk about. We had the PFL from New York. They say Madison Square Garden. It was the Hulu Arena, but we also have the UFC, which was at the Apex in Las Vegas with some big fights that came down. All finishes, which is always good. My man, Josh Thompson, will tell you it wasn't that good. What's up, baby? I will tell you it wasn't that good. It wasn't the most exciting card. You know, there was some good finishes. I know there was a lot of finishes, but that doesn't mean that there was, it was all an exciting finishes. fight. Yeah, but not up until it. No, the, it was not all, not all of them. The main card. Yeah, but not the, you know, not the, yeah, it was, the card was in, the PFL was, the PFL was no, not, no, no finishes either. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. Overall. But the first, the first fight, we'll talk about that. Let's look, let's, let's put all that stuff aside. You are correct. I am back in the state of commie California and I am here (laughs) just to enjoy the beautiful weather as most people do in this state and don't, I mean, we've got plenty to look at. I mean, homelessness and $10 gallons of milk and things like that. We can all take a look at. But outside of that, the weather's actually beautiful here. It's a lot cooler than it was uh, in Texas. But Texas was nice. I enjoyed being there for the for the couple weeks I was there. It was almost two weeks. It was nice. Had a great time. Saw some friends, some old friends, some new friends. Uh, made some new friends. It was great. Was able to fish within the community that uh, that um, I'm in, kind of thing, I guess. And um, saw Rich Chow, my good friend, and uh, his family, and spent some time with him at the Rangers game. We spent some time, you know, swimming and hanging out and barbecuing and doing all the things that we normally would like to do here in California when he was living here. So it was good, John. I saw one- you went on a helicopter ride in the Grand Canyon. That's awesome. I like yeah, that. we had a blast. It was a good time, great time. Um, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to go. It, it was nice. You don't realize how big the Grand Canyon is until you're in the bottom of it. Yeah. You know, down by the river and uh, taking a look up and all the video footage and all that stuff. And you're just like, wow, this thing is enormous. It's beautiful. A lot of rattlesnakes around. Saw a couple while we were there. <laughs> um, yeah, they're everywhere, buddy. They're everywhere. Just, just play with and, them. Yeah. And, you know, some big bugs, too. But it was it was nice. We uh, had a, we had a good time. So. Texas was nice. The tr- the trip there. There's the the painted rocks going towards Vegas. Stopped there, took some pictures. Then also outside of Vegas, went to Hoover Dam. Another amazing like um, stop. You know, stop to check out. Beautiful there. Came back through. Went all the way back down to Texas. Came back. Came when I came back. Left a little bit of the weird time. So the time coming through there was like basically I I just got stuck sleeping at times I didn't want to sleep just because the time you originally leave is horrible. So anyway, so we get I got back into uh, we got into like flat near the Flagstaff area there, and um, and uh, we left there, and it was nice. So I got into got into the into uh, the Grand Canyon. Was able to uh, kennel up my dog a little bit, and so he was in the kennel for for majority of the day. Beautiful setup they have there for the dogs too. They help feed them. They help. It's like an epoxy floor, so the dogs get a little bit of grip, like that rubber type feeling. And a uh, big kennel for them to be in, air conditioned room, which is like it looked like a big barn. When I show up, I'm like, dude, you're not leaving my my dog in there, and it's gonna get hot here later. And I'm like, oh no, no, the whole the whole the whole unit's air conditioning. So I walk in, I'm like, oh shit, it really is. I was expecting like a breeze air conditioning that they were gonna have. No, it was fucking almost freezing in there. 
And I'm like, okay, okay, that's fine. She's like, yeah, it's going to get maybe a little bit warmer. Today's not supposed to be hot. I was all right. So, but it was nice. It was a beautiful day, which was nice because when I was there, they were saying, hey, if you guys don't get on the hell, like if you don't get on the helicopter by like three o'clock, that's when the monsoon rolls in almost every day. The monsoon. It's monsoon se- yeah, it's monsoon season there. So basically they said like the monsoon rolls in around three to, three to five o'clock every single day. You get a flood of rain every single day. I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, there's no monsoon today. During August to like early September is what they were talking about. So I can see it kind of kind of how the roads are. The roads are all plowed like a snow plow on the sides where there's dirt. Um, there's like dirt, like uh you know, you have snow drifts. Yeah, there's dirt everywhere plow. in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah there's dirt everywhere. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but there's dirt like elevated up on the sides. They, they plow into the sides to make it harder for the water to get into the road. But uh, it was pretty nice, man. It's a beautiful spot. Great stuff to see. A lot of, like I said, a lot of rattlesnakes, a lot of wildlife that we saw out that way. But I used to go rattlesnake fun. hunting when I was a kid. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. No one ever claimed you were a smart guy. No. So. No. <laughs> Just to catch them though. My my mother was never happy with me bringing them home. <laughs> oh, John, I've gone down like these little rabbit holes with people um I'm on YouTube, and these people that 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 put their arms in holes underwater where they go under for catfishing. Noodling, noodling, noodling. Yeah, noodling. Yeah, yeah. It sounds horrible, <laughs> John. <laughs> they've got to have somebody hold their fucking feet. So they don't Sometimes. get pulled in. Yes. No, no. Yes. All the videos I saw it was people holding someone else's feet. I was like, what are they doing? They're like, not, all, not they're all almost all the way down in the water themselves. Not all of them. And they're, they're holding the water. No, the person, you don't even, you don't even yeah. know they're there for the first, for the first 15 seconds seen, of the video. Like, what is this person doing? Yeah. I and have seen people noodle like that where they'll dive down and they'll actually have someone pull them because they got to stick their arm in the damn hole where the catfish is at and have the catfish bite down on their their arm and they'll grab a hold of the gills and start pulling it out because the catfish is back their way into a yeah cavern or cave and you know underwater and yeah sometimes it's you know they can't get out without somebody else helping them so yeah that's that, that. what happens if you don't get pulled out john <laughs> i don't know dude do these fucking idiots think this through at all yeah they do there was there's a, there's Called, a let's YouTube, take a chance there's a youtube video of this this girl she can't be, I mean, she looks pretty well fit, right? But um, she's, you can tell she's a Southern girl. She's got a very, very thick Southern accent, but, and she's beautiful too. But she goes noodling quite a bit. She's going down, pulling these things out. And I think it's her dad or looks like maybe her dad. I don't know. But he has to hold her ankles to pull her out of there. Yeah. And I'm, what happens if that thing's too strong and she can't get, how do you get your arm out of there? Do they let it go? Can well, they pull the their arm part. out? Yes, they can. Okay. They get scraped, but the best part about catfish is they have no hands to hold on to the side of the walls, so they they kind of get pulled out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like it seems like it's a struggle to even get them out. It is a struggle. Those catfish are big. Yeah, the ones that she was catching, I would say, was probably between four to six feet long. Oh yeah, she, I was surprised. I was like, holy shit! Yeah, damn. I, I mean, like, huge ones. It was so funny because um. I'm sitting there watching it going, these guys, like, this, she she can't be more than, say, 120, maybe 115, just a tiny little thing, you know, and she's yanking, she's, and she's being pulled out. She throws that catfish over her shoulder when she gets up, and that thing hangs probably about halfway down her back, and the head's probably about two feet out in front of her. 
I mean, yeah. it's got to be five feet long. I mean, it's got to be probably running about 40 pounds, maybe 60 pounds, 40 to 50 pounds. Yeah, a lot, Huge a thing. lot, a lot of places have outlawed noodling. Why? Why would they outlaw it? You're saying it's not that dangerous. It's not. It's not. They don't. They don't outlaw it for the people. They outlaw it for the catfish. <laughs> like you know, it's it's a way to get you know. You got to figure those big catfish. They've been alive for a long time, and nah. they do a lot as far as production for other, you know, catfish and keeping things there. And when you're taking all of them out real quick because noodling, you catch them. You know, yeah. it's uh, it can affect the ecosystem. Yeah, the government's like, yeah, man, fuck those people. Go ahead, let them die. <laughs> like, but we got to save those catfish. Save the catfish. Don't worry. Do. Don't worry about the country bumpkin. Yeah, save the save those catfish. Fuck it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> this uh, I pulled up a video on YouTube. The guy had caught. I think it's like the record or whatever it is. But uh, it was huge, man. It was what did they say? It was 118 inches around, something like that. Freaking crazy. <laughs> I'm it's like, what the. He was holding it. I think, I guess, apparently it had been living. They were estimating about 45 years, 40 to 45 yep. years, somewhere in there. I mean, that was that was huge, though. So I want to know. They didn't show the video of him actually reeling it in. I want to know how they caught it. I want to know how he caught it. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, we had a great had a great time down that way. Beautiful sights. Um, you know, some st we stopped at this place called, um, God, what was it called? It was called, like, uh, Petri the petrified tree petrified forest. forest. Yes, been there many <laughs> times. <laughs> it's really. Yeah, I remember. Oh, when the, my shit. like, my dad grew up right near the. My dad grew up in Winslow, Arizona. Okay, mm -hmm. now when you, it's, well, it might be different now since I haven't been there forever. But it used to be like <laughs> I would joke all the time. You, you remember the Eagles had a song standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Right, such a fine sight to see. Well, that's White's Cafe is right there, and. uh but you drive into Winslow and it's like, welcome to Winslow. And you go about three more feet. Thank you for coming to Winslow. That's how yeah. big it is. It's like, <laughs> it's so small. But my dad grew up there. So there in Holbrook, Arizona and all these little places, that's where his friends were at. So we would go there every summer and go and visit him. So the Petrified Forest was a place that I used to go to a lot. I used to have a piece of petrified wood up in my room that, you know, all polished because it turns into a rock. So you polish it out. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting to see like trees, kind of tall, that were petrified. No. But no, 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 it's nothing. No, not no, quite. No. Uh, but it was nice though. It was, it was, uh, it was cool. I was expecting always to like just drive through real quick, and and that was it. But as I started driving, they had like little great locations to stop in that in the that little national park area there for the petrified forest. Yeah. So it was great photo opportunities in a bunch of different spots. I took a bunch of photos. Helicopter ride was absolutely amazing. I had a I had a blast. They take you down into the Grand Canyon and they drop you off and they let you, you know, goof around for about 15, 20 minutes and they bring you back out and they take you out another way. Beautiful spot, man. Great stuff. Great time. Uh, great. Like we, I got lucky because there was a lot of like beautiful blue skies, um, clouded area. But, you know, when the clouds came over, the clouds there are so different than the ones in California. The ones in California are like a haze. The ones yeah. there are like big and bubbly, like kind of reminds me of Idaho a lot. You know, that's how yep. the clouds are in Montana, Wyoming, you know, Idaho up in that area. So a little bit in Seattle. Seattle kind of has the haze, too, as you get closer to actual Seattle. But over Washington is kind of like that, too. Beautiful area, man. Good times. Glad. You know what, though? I will say this, John. So glad to be home. So <laughs> glad to be in my bed. My yeah. own bed is the feeling of like, oh, relaxation. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get in until about 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and then, actually, no, I take that back. 
I slept till I, I felt I went to bed around like two and pulled over at a rest stop, slept for about two hours, three hours, woke back up around five and then finished the drive of two hours back home. So it was good. Glad to be home. Good to be home. Always. Be home. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's jump into this car, John. I mean, I know that everyone's go ahead. I didn't I wasn't I wasn't intrigued by the card at all. I was not um, impressed. The one fight I wasn't impressed I was. with. I was impressed with Jeff Neal. Oh my God! Thank you. I was impressed with Jeff. He Neal. He looks so good. And and no, I'm going to be honest. I was impressed with Jamal Hill because those two fighters impressed the shit out of me. I thought Santos impressed me too until he started getting tagged up. But yeah. let, let's let's start from the let's start from the screw, let's go down because I'm not going to talk about a lot of fights on the undercard. So let's scroll down a little bit. Let's well, figure out where where you want to start, John. <laughs> I want to start with. About, I'm not talking about these. I, I'm starting. I'm starting. You gotta. Did you even see? And if you didn't see it, it's okay. But did you see the fight with you know, Bruno Silva against Edgar? Yes. Okay. She cheated. I love that, <laughs> and I love that she got caught because you you could tell by her expression right as you know the fight you know comes to that stop. Off of the arm bar, you could tell. Yes, she knew because mm-hmm. yeah, she didn't complain about anything. She was just like looking like what, you know. And it's like, oh no, you tapped. I know you can't see it. I'm waiting for them to show the angle that, you know, that she tapped and they don't have it. And that sometimes is the truth. You know, you can't have every angle. You can't see everything. But the one thing that I'm seeing is my son sitting right there, sitting right at the backside where that arm bar was taking place because he was legit one of the judges on the fight and i'm going go pull the judges ron's sitting right there he'll see if she tapped or if she didn't go pull the judges right because there you saw chris tayoni take his finger and spin it around that's part of the instant replay that nevada has instituted and yep thank you very much that's what i did John, well no 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 john (laughs) i'm not john but dave isn't isn't there uh isn't there a wwe star that does this isn't that oh god yeah. Anyways, stop, on. please. Let's, you just I'm, you just killed the I was moment. Just, I was just yeah, just killed pod, the moment. Podcast, David. <laughs> Go ahead. Go so, ahead, anyways, I'm sitting there going, "Pull the goddamn judges!" Right, and finally, I see Chris, and he starts pulling the judges, and I go, "There you go." And he goes and goes right over to the commission, and says, "Ron said 100% she tapped." And I go, "There you go. There's your answer. That's the way to do it. There's this is why we have these systems in place because." As the referee, you can't always see everything. It's impossible based upon where the fight's at and being against the cage at times and the positions of the fighters. You know, it just doesn't happen. But that's why, hopefully, you have someone that's competent enough to look, to watch, to see, and know. Stephanie Edgar, you cheated by trying to say, oh, now I didn't tap. Yes, you did. I thought that Bueno Silva was a little bit too emotional about it. She was, she was upset that she was a sportsman and that Edgar was trying to cheat. <laughs> and it's like, hey, if she's not cheating, she's not trying. But the best part is she got caught. And so you get you got your win and you you deserve your win. Yeah. And so I th- it was a good moment for it was a good moment for Nevada. It was a good moment for the sport. It's a good moment for people to see that that hey, there's ways of them getting this right and that was a good good ending. I have a couple questions cuz see like fighters don't yeah. know all the rules and I fought for 20 years and I still don't know this rule. <laughs> John, and so anybody that tell any of these fighters that tell you they know, they don't know. Now that Bruno Silva basically let go because Edgar tapped. 
or at least yes. she felt her tap. Yes. If she lets go, is the fight over? No matter what, because she stopped the action. That's like that's like calling timeout. Is the no. fight over, or do they just start back in the same position? No, yeah. Buena Silva did not call timeout. She let go she, of a hold. She let go of it, and, and so said now she tapped. If, if you didn't, if you didn't have this situation where you have someone saying, "Nope, I saw it," she tapped, and we'll say there's confusion and there's no angle, and so yeah, and let's not even say it's in the UFC. Let's say it's in a small show where there's no real camera angles or anything like that, and they don't know they're gonna. They're going to try to put them back in the same position as much as they can, and they're going to have to restart it, even though it's possible she tapped. Because you know, this is why we tell you, do not stop until I tell you to stop. And, and I know this is, mm-hmm. people don't understand it, but this is the reason why. Yeah. And we have had so many times, I can, you know, I can go back and explain different times where I've watched referees and a guy, you can see the tap, and the referee misses it, but it's a small show. And the fighter lets go, and then the referee just lets the fight go on. And that guy that he deserves a win or she deserves the win, they don't get it, and they get pounded on, and they usually lose because they lose all of their all of their mentality goes out. Focus, it's, their focus is their gone. Focus is gone. They they lose you know the ability to actually because now they're trying to explain, hey 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 hey, and they're not fighting. And they're getting hit and beat on, and they always lose. And it's a horrible situation, but I've seen it too many times. And, yeah, that's why we tell the fighters, don't stop until I tell you to stop because you can have those situations occur. And so it's tough. And, and she's just – she's being a sports, you know, a sportswoman. She's being a, a good competitor, but she needs to hold on to that until, you know, yeah. that referee makes that stop. With how emotional she was, I, I could have seen her losing after that. It yes. really would have oh. affected her. It she really would have affected she her. She lost mentally. focus, as you said. You know, it's the perfect word. The mentality of the fighter is gone. Now it's the mentality of almost a victim. Mm-hmm. I've been victimized here. I won. I know I won. I felt her tap. There's no doubt about it. And now you're cheating me. Yeah. I don't know about getting that emotional during something like that. I mean, it was over, though, when it was called. She had a good performance. Great job by her. Um, the only thing that I there's a couple of things I want to go in the direction of is if you're the UFC and you have someone like that tapping and then and then basically not going along with her, basically saying that you didn't tap. Goodbye. I release them. Oh, I sort of why you're you're this not somebody I want in my organization. Same as That's I release, you know, Priscilla who ended up you know eye gouging to try to get us. Yeah. No, look if you yeah. if if you have to rely on that. No, I'm not going to keep you. I'm going to let you go. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a sport, have... and we're not, we're not we're not trying to be douchebags about this whole thing. Now, in this situation, this to me, I understand. Like the eye gouge is like something you're put into a position where I understand it to the the depths of what she was eye gouging. The how do you say her last name? Coachella Priscilla Kishuera. Keshawetta, her. I say she was fight. Yeah, she was fighting, trying to get out, and then she knew what she was doing. But in a state of panic, doing that, the other one tapping and then letting everyone go through the process of seeing if you tapped or not, knowing that you fucking tapped, that's a little bit of the scumbagness in you. Like that, <laughs> that to me is, I, I'm sorry. Like I can see why uh, Bruno Silva was a little bit like uh, uh, upset about it. She was over sure. the top, but yeah. 
to let everyone go through, to let the whole promotion go through the process of let's check this, let's talk to the judges. You get up, you say, I didn't tap. That's your emotions getting the best of you or just say, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then just going back. As soon as the ref starts going around, say, hey, look, yeah, I did. I did. Like, I just call it off. Say, look, it's over. That That's a little upsetting. If I'm a promoter, I'm thinking I'm done with you. I'm done. You know, and that's, that's me as, but like, I want to go back to my question that I asked you because it like, if, if she, if Bruno Silva goes, Hey, yes, I, ta- I she tapped, she tapped. And that's like calling timeout, John. And I understand what you're saying. And they didn't see the tap. If no one saw the tap, that's getting the ref to stop the action to basically say that I won. Nope. It should be. It, would it be? Would it? That's. I wonder. It would not, not be. Not a, it would not. Not be if a, the referee is smart. Look, if there's one thing, and I, I again, you, you learn from this. You can't listen to a fighter because fighters are wrong all the time. They'll say, you know, they're out. No, they're yeah. not. And I had. I've had it too many times. You know, I've had it where guys have said, "He's out. He's out." He's, no, he's not. He's out. No, he's not. But if he, what I'm saying though is, if you're telling the ref to, he's out, and the ref stops the action, that's like calling a timeout. The fight should be over. You should lose. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm you looking. Should lose. I, I, it's not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not look. I'm it's just not, simply saying. First if you, off, what you're trying ahead. to do is, you know, take. Okay, just go back to the the, the, the earliest one that I can remember is, um, AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull Freda in their first fight. Yeah. Look, he was he was in the guillotine, and he was mm-hmm. going out. No doubt about it. You saw him slump, but it was right at that moment. The AJ goes, he's out. He's right there, but he's not. And the, re- the referee listens. You do not listen. You go by the actual body structure of the fighter mm-hmm. that is in that submission hold. You can't listen to fighters. The fighters are, you know, and it's not, and it's not that they're trying to lie. They truly believe that the person's out or something like that. But this is why we say you can't listen to fighters. You've got to look at the structure of the body and understand what you're looking at. That will give you your correct answer. And you cannot, if you're a fighter, have someone tap and just let go of the hold and think that, oh, you're going to get your win. You might not. And yeah. so it's it's a, it's a rough one, but that's just part of the sport. No, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm trying to get into this. I'm trying to go in this direction, and you're. you're I know you are. Going and I'm not off. going there. I, but <laughs> John, I love they. They are li- like what I'm saying. How, with you use Patricio as how a situation. Hard, how AJ. hard can you pull on that rope, thinking that you're going to move me, John? Well, <laughs> John, you, you weigh about John. 300 pounds. It's going to be hard well, to move you, buddy. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my my point is is that if you get like with the Patricio situation. He was almost out, and AJ was correct. He was almost out, and so the the argument is not there. But in this situation where you are saying that someone's out and they're not out, and they you're they're able to you let go and they pop their head up and they start fighting, that you let the fight just carry on, right? I would assume. But in this situation, I mean, if there's a situation where the fighter is, where the fighter gets out, and the ref stops it, they don't allow them to keep like. If you don't, if the ref stops the action, what I'm saying, but like with Patricio, the fight was stopped, but it okay, was ref- clear that he was, that he was clear that he was out. Referees he- stop action all the time. True. I get, I guess because the, yes, it is, but because yeah. the fighter, because the fighter basically said that the fight was over, 
and it wasn't over, wouldn't wouldn't that be considered like calling a timeout? I mean, no. And like guys, everyone, you guys that are listening at home, I want you guys to understand. John and I have these battles back and forth at the bar, usually after a fight, forever yes, because because I I want to know the, I want to know the circumstances because the next time this comes up, which it will come up again, I want to know how I pitch this argument or if I just let it go. <clears throat> I feel I feel like in this situation, I really do feel like in this situation, and and no fault to Bruno. What's her name? Bruno Silva. Bueno. No fault. Bueno, bueno Silva. Silva. No fault to her no. whatsoever. She felt the tap. Fight was gone. Like it, it was the armbar was tight. Let you know the ref stops it, checks it. Ron says, "Hey, yep, one hundred percent. She tapped. Good. Okay, we move on." But if she doesn't, and the girl and the girl gets out, and the ref stops the action, that's like saying the person on bottom, the person who had the armbar, that she was trying to get the win without really getting the win. Let's just say that Edgar didn't tap, or whatever, however you say her name, that she didn't tap, and and a fighter says, "Hey, yeah, she tapped, she tapped, she let it go," and the ref stops the action. That's like that's like calling a timeout. That's like no. stopping the action, trying Negative. to get people. You're trying to skew people into believing that you won the fight. Okay, I, I I understand the passion that you're coming with, but I want you to think about this. How many times have people said, "Oh, the fighter tapped," when they really didn't? In fact, let's go back. Randy Couture fights Tito Ortiz, fifth round. Tito is going for a leg lock. And Randy, that is was very there. evident, though. No, that no, was no, very no, evident no. You, that he okay, didn't tap. really evident. Do you know how many people tried to rape me, saying oh you, because all the Tito fans, saying that <laughs> I was all for Randy Couture because I didn't stop the fight when Randy well, John, obviously were. tapped. Okay, you were for Randy Couture. Now, this is, and this is, but this is the way people are, <laughs> and so you got to look and you got to say, look. And there are many times people are moving. And they're they'll they'll they're moving in their hand. They'll push their hand, boom, 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 and the and the person might feel like they there was a tap when there's not a tap. They got touched a couple times, and so everything is based upon you as the referee. You got to be in control of this and understand what you're looking at. And it, it is possible for someone to say, "Oh, they tapped and let go, and it wasn't a tap." And all you can do is say, "Continue on." You let go of that. There was no tap. You let go of it. I, yeah, you were trying to be a sportsman, we'll say. What did I tell you in the back? And that's really what you go back to. What did I tell you in the back? Because this is why we do that. This is why I, you know, all, I'm not going to sit here and, and take credit for anything, but the structure of what referees are supposed to do was based upon me figuring things out and saying, all right, you've got to do these things beforehand so there can be no excuse and what you and how you conduct yourself in the back with fighters and what you say and how you go over not per se the rules but the the about conduct these situations when we say look if if your opponent puts you in a in a submission i will let you work your way out of that submission i will not stop it but if i see any i see you go out i see a break i see a dislocation i'm telling you right now the fight is over you lost if you are the person putting on that submission and you feel a tap do not stop until i tell you to to stop when i tell you to stop i expect you to let go you know stop the squeeze all of that if you continue on and you try to injure your opponent i'm promising you I am going to disqualify you. I'm going to take you out of this fight, and you're going to get a loss on something where you should have a win. So these are the things you say in the back, and you're saying them for the reason of, 
you know, Dean Thomas, you know, watching him last night, it was funny to watch Dean because he still looks good. But goddamn, he used to fight lightweight, and he's as big as Rashad, he's who actually fought it heavy. Bigger. <laughs> he looked bigger than Rashad. I know, last I'm like night. looking at him going, God damn, man, that's, that's crazy. But, you know, Dean Thomas, the first time I ever, I ever refereed Dean was against BJ Penn. And then I refereed him when he fought Jeremy Stevens in Jeremy Stevens' very first UFC bout was against Dean Thomas. And he, like, oh, wow. Jeremy Stevens was putting it on Dean. He was putting it on Dean for a lot of that fight. He was having a, a good showing. And I believe it was the third round. Dean puts him in an arm bar and Jeremy screams in pain. And I stopped, stopped the fight. And he looks at me and goes, I didn't tap. And I go, what did I tell you in the back? And he looks at me and just he goes, because oh. I told him, hey, you get put in that submission. You know, I'll let you work your way out. Do not scream out in pain like you, be, you be, just became an eight-year-old little girl. You do that. You scream out like you're hurt. I'm telling you right now, that's a tap. I'm going to stop the fight. You know, these are the things I used to say. And people were saying, you know, Oh, I know. Yeah, thank I remember you. Remember these things. You know, it's like, <laughs> but there's a reason behind them. And the reason is somewhere along the way, it's going to come out in the cage. And you've got to say, I, I gave you everything that you needed to know exactly what you needed to do. You went and did exactly what I told you not to do. And that's why this fight is ending. And it's, you know, people in the, the fans don't know it. The people on TV, they don't know it, but there's reasons why. And so there's always going to be these things. They're going to happen. They're going to happen in the future. But this one was handled right. Uh, this one was handled right. I'm not, I'm not, not disputing that. I just know. I know you're know. not. I know you're not. I want, yeah, I want to know. I want to know because, like I said, I don't know the rules. 20 years, 22 years of fighting, I don't know the rules to this. <laughs> is if the person hits the arm bar See, this and is goes, the problem. oh, no, they tapped and this just lets the go. This is the problem. This is part of the rules of the sport, but it's not written down. It's ooh, been handed ooh. down as, look, at this is the way we handle this. But when people go to, we'll say, the ABC and they look up mixed you know, martial arts unified rules, it's got fouls. You know, and it it doesn't really sh doesn't explain any of these, you know, things that are all out there that we've you know figured out ways of doing. How do you cover it? You know, how do you handle it? It's there, but yeah. it's not in the written form on like the ABC. So people think that oh, you know, they're just you know doing it off the top of their head. They're not. It's been figured out. Yeah, that's that's a problem though, John. I didn't say it was. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, because <clears throat> I just feel like. Because I have a question now. Here's another question to add on top of the question that I originally had. I, mean, I know I'm going off a little bit on this rant, but this is this Just is how, a little bit. <laughs> this is this is this is how I this is how I learn. To be honest, I mean I, I ask a ton of questions. That no, I usually know. you learn with me having a whiskey in my hand. No, yes, <laughs> yes, it's usually true. You're not going back and forth. I'm really just trying to. I'm really trying to always try to prove you wrong. And I've been successful quite a few times. So I just want to keep this thing going. That's what I do. So, but let's just say, um, Bueno Silva, she says that, hey, she tapped. She didn't tap. Do they start her back in that position, even though she's no, the she one that stopped the action? Did she that's let go my, of it? Okay. Okay. So that's what I want to know. Like, if you're in a guillotine, say, like in the Patricio thing with AJ, he's got him in a guillotine. It's deep. He lets it go. And and the ref steps in to stop the action. Goes, yeah, he's out. And then the ref goes, oh no, he never tapped, and he's still going. Do they do they put them back in that position? What was the last position? Go? What was the Got last it. position they were in? 
I just wasn't sure if they stopped the action like last night, right? They if stopped they it. They stopped both stood the up. action while she was holding onto the arm. Arm's going to go back with her holding onto it. Got if it. If you let okay. go of the arm and you stop the action at that point, what was the position that they're at at the point it was stopped? Wait, because if can they start the fight. Yeah, they can restart the fight. If yeah, that's that's what my question. See, Dave, that's what my question was: is do you restart that fight, or does someone lose because she stopped by calling a timeout, and the other she didn't girl call is just a timeout? Saying, well, can, can letting, the players like, call timeout? No. no, they cannot call timeout. You WWE That's, that's what I'm saying though. Josh keeps saying the fighter called timeout, and like you're no, not I'm not saying no, 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 no. What, saying, what I'm saying is Josh is saying in essence. They're calling timeout by saying, hey, they Josh, tapped. Dave doesn't know what essence means. Please explain it to him. Okay? <laughs> you know, by saying that the fighter tapped out, you're saying, hey, the fight's over. He's saying it's kind of like a timeout. A timeout by a fighter is like this. This is normally where it'll happen. Something like you get a fighter who breaks a finger and dislocates a finger and a finger is sitting over on top of their other finger and they, they back up and they look at their hand Right, and they go, and they show the referee. That's calling a timeout. Okay, that's that's not submitting. No, that's called. Well, that's not verbal tap. No, it's not a verbal tap. He's not. No. What he's asking for is, hey, can I have time to have my finger fixed so I can continue fighting? Well, you can't do that because the finger, unless the finger was broken by a foul, which it now becomes different. But if the finger is broken just in the action of the fight or dislocated that we will allow the fighter if it's a finger to take and actually put that finger back in place on their own while the fight is going or they can let the finger stay and get work their way all the way to the end of the round and we'll let their corner put it back i've done it too many times but again in the back i tell them look if you and this yancey medeiros is one of the the ones that you know fought in the ufc and and his one of his first losses I think it was his first loss in the UFC was his thumb became dislocated and he goes to the, you know, the referee and he's pointing, Hey, look, man, it's, and it's like, you do that. You just called an end to the fight. You can't call time out here. So, I, you know, we would tell him, look, if you, you are in a position where you realize your hand, you get a finger dislocated like that. You want to continue on in the fight with a finger, with a toe, I'll let you continue on but you cannot go and try to get me to stop it to allow someone to come fix it. That's not going to happen. Continue on in the fight, pull it back and put it back in place yourself. But if you go and you show me trying to say, hey, I, need, I have a problem, you're right, you do, and you're going to see my hands go up and doing this crossing motion because you just asked for the fight to stop and I'm going to stop the fight. <clears throat> Dave, a verbal tap is when someone screams out in pain like that. No, well, ah, I know, but it's, it's essentially yeah. a verbal tap is what the point I was making, right? If you're if you're like if you're like showing that you're in pain, right, uh, and like there's something wrong, you're showing right? you have I a think problem John, with I think the dislocation. John just explained it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've I've had it. You know, Brian Ortega had the the dislocation shoulder. of his shoulder with Yair Rodriguez. The, the whole question about the the submission or anything that's not part of it, but. I've had fighters who have thrown a, a jab and popped their shoulder out, and you see it, and they'll back away, and I'm walking towards them to, you know, and he, boom, he pops it right back in and comes, all right, I'll let you go. You just took care of your problem. I'll let you go. And then I've had ones that they sit there, and they're kind of like, uh, 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 fight's over. You just created your own injury. 
you obviously you're not going to be able to fight like that based upon your actions the fight's going to come to an end so we can have it both ways it all depends on what the fighter does yeah but i would saying, I, go ahead go ahead dave so, 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 i was i was gonna say because boy we look at this restart. you've got you've got dave all into this now but but john was saying you can re, the ref can restart the fight based on the no tap right and um if they if they hadn't tapped if they hadn't tapped but the the fighter called that they had tapped but the man but then what happens like when when um herb dean called robbie lawler because he thought he was out and he really wasn't out like that isn't that a similar situation where he no called the fight excuse me did, did rob oh stop did robbie tap <clears throat> no 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 but i'm saying did like, ben Askren say he's out no, but, but Dan, John, is, John, he's using. No, he's my using point good, is this: don't try to used, don't try to cross things that didn't happen. No, no, no. Herb he's trying Dean, to use that as an example. Yeah, but Herb it, Dean, it, in that situation, made yeah. a judgment call. Once he makes that judgment call that he's stopping the fight, that's over. Yeah. Right, but if the fighter tricked the ref, essentially, that, right, yeah, that's what he's trying to do. If the fighter tricked the ref and saying, "Hey, he just tapped," and the ref says, "Oh, oh, oh," and the ref kind of like panics in the moment and like and calls it because he think he kind of. Like, what did I just tell you earlier, sure. you dummy? Are you listening to what the hell I'm saying? <laughs> you just you just yeah, said but, what I've been talking about for the last ten, fifteen no, but, but minutes. John said, but John said they would re they would put them back in place. No, yes. listen to me, you dummy. Uh, if the referee is dumb enough. To listen to the fighter when the fighter says he's out or anything like that and makes a stop on it, the fight's over. Just, just that's the way it is. But if the person taps, lets go of it, and the referee now comes in and wants a review, he can do that. He can call time. He can do a review. He can do an instant, you know, replay. Go look and say, no, nope, there was no tap, and put him back in that position. They were last in and he, and let the fight go on. Yes, they can do that. That's a clarity we needed. Okay, no, no, here, no, no. This this is where this is where you're gonna throw me off. I'm I'm glad Dave. I'm dad. No, I'm I'm just glad Dave brought up the Robbie Lawler and Ben Askren fight because I'm just simply saying what if we know that those situations didn't happen. Say that Ben has Robbie in, the, what, in the choke. We're gonna what if thing. No, because because look, uh, I know ahead. there's fights that have happened hey, like this, and I just can't know, remember them off the top of my head. I, I want and I want you to know this is the best part. This is what I used to sit there as a referee. I never wanted to have a situation where I didn't have my answer beforehand. And yeah. so I would sit there and think of the all these different scenarios. Well, okay, what, what if they did this? What if they did this? What if they did this? And that's why when people would ask me, I would have the answer because I thought about it beforehand. Yeah. And that's what you need to do because these things are going to happen. Yeah, these are all going to eventually happen. So yeah. I, in, the, in the Ben Askren fight where he has the headlock, right? Yep. And he's got the bulldog choking. He chokes and he's choking him. He's not out, and he says if if Ben turns to him and goes, "Hey, he's out," and then he and then obviously Herb thought he was out, but I'm not saying that that part happened. But if it does, and then he stops the fight, but he never lets go of the choke, the action stopped. Now, do they put them back in that choke if they realize he didn't tap? Nope. That that's my that was, that was what I was getting to. That's the original okay. question I'm looking for. Okay. The, there's, in, they in brought that up situation, the Ben, the ben no, Askren Robbie situation. No, if it will say if if. Herb stopped it based upon Ben saying he's out, he's out. Yes, right. And Herb stops it, and Robbie goes, "I'm not out." You know, just as that moment that he stops it, go to your boom, boom, 
Start from the standing position. What is you don't boom, get boom? That People listening back. at home don't understand boom, boom. Boom is go back to your corner. You're going to go to one side of the octagon, the other one's going to go, and we're going to start it from a standing position. That's what I wanted to know. That's what, that, Okay, so that makes more sense. But th- that's where I got to. I'm like, wait a second. I know you're the, the one thing, with the advantage. And you, See, now when you get into the fouls of this, there's this thing called uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. Can the referee actually take a point from... Ben Askren for saying he's out. Yeah, you can. You can take a point wow. from him if you want. Okay, That's, not saying see, that I you're going that. to. No, but yes, you can. What's because the rule? He, What's the name of the rule for that? What do you mean the name of? I just said unsportsmanlike <laughs> conduct. You dummy. My God, like is that the name of the rule? Unsportsmanlike <laughs> yeah. conduct. It's unsportsmanlike well, John- conduct. John, John, Dave's never played sports in his life, so that's why he doesn't know what these things are called. He has no concept of what this thing is called. Look, but the bulldog, like like that choke, you obviously wouldn't put him back in because it's like you're giving that guy the an advantage again, even though he had the advantage when he was stupid enough to say, "Oh, he's out, he's out, he's out." But I just wondered if you just if you, I know he's given up the the advantage in the fight by saying that and hoping the ref stops it. But I, I wanted to feel, is there a reality that he basically is trying to say, he's trying to get the ref to be on his side. Look, the fight's over, but it's not over. No, it's not. That's that's like trying and to if, convince somebody. That, and like you could end ref. up losing that whole position. Yes. Based upon him not being out. Well, that's why I was asking if you can, if that's considered basically calling a timeout. You're trying to convince somebody that you're winning, nah, that you won the fight, and you didn't. That's as scummy as just tap, of tapping and not admitting <laughs> that you tapped. Yeah. That's as scummy yeah. as that. Well, hold on. You're, we'll say, have you ever, and I know you have, had someone that you thought, oh, they, they're out, and they weren't. Not in a fight, yes. just in training. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yes. yes Happens. Yes. Right? And you go, damn! I thought you, I thought you went out <laughs> the way your body yeah. reacted, and they, they did it. So you can make that mistake, and you could be, you could be someone trying to be a good sportsman, and no, you're just wrong, and it, that happens. Yeah. It's, it's not that the fighter's trying to cheat. He's not, you know, fighter's not trying to cheat. Fighter's just trying to say, hey, this person's out, and I don't want to continue on. This is, you know, that's why you know a lot of people give like John Jones, you know, shit over the. Machida when he you know guillotine and then he tries to throw him down but you know I told him in the back don't stop until I tell you stop he didn't stop until I told when I told him stop he did the throw thing but yeah that's he he did exactly what he was supposed to do all right well we've beaten that fucking we have for (laughs) someone somebody said man we're gonna go through this card fast no we're not (laughs) (laughs) first fight we beat that topic with a fucking (laughs) love it Uh, well these look you guys. This is why John and I get along so well is that we spent a lot of the times when we first when we first started working together with Bellator. I spent a lot of times asking questions, man. And this is I want to know. I want to know because there was a segment where I was just always at the desk. And so I didn't get to talk about this type of stuff. But I still asked a lot. But then yeah. when I started working cage side with you and just wanted to get to know the rules, I knew that no matter what in that situation, you'd end up taking over and you know and explaining what the situation during a real fight. <clears throat> but I also wanted to piggyback on things and 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 let the let the everyone know too that I understood where you were coming from because we've already had this conversation. Yeah, this is a conversation we've never had, so I wanted to have this out <laughs> so everyone's privy to to the shit that I talk and and how I go about getting my answers. I do, I do because John is 
so well versed in the rule system. <laughs> I like to, I like to try to see if I can catch him slipping. He does so every there's, time. There's a little bit more of that than every there is time. me really wanting to know. But in the process, I do find out a lot of it. <laughs> Josh, so you can drag it another thirty minutes with the Juliana yeah. Miller win when she pushed her after the fight, and and you can drag it another thirty minutes about the rules around that. There you go. <laughs> Jeez. All right, let's see what else. What other fights on here did you want to talk about? You know, I thought I, little little Corey McKenna. You know, she's this this girl does not look like a fighter at all. Man, she's a tough little. You know, as a straw weight, you know, with she's got the shortest reach in the UFC. I love that she's got. I've got the shortest reach in the UFC. Well, congratulations, good own for it. you. <laughs> own you gotta it, own exactly. it, baby. Absolutely. You know what? If you got a big belly, rub that motherfucker. Oh, hell, right? thank you That's very how much, it goes, Josh. Right? Thank you, you the, very much. You got, the, you got the T-Rex arms? As long as you're not a T-Rex when it comes to the paycheck. Oh, yeah, when it comes to the, the check, when, it, when the bill it. comes. The bill hey. comes, yeah. Don't be the T-Rex then. <laughs> but, uh, man, she, I thought she had a really good fight against uh, Miranda Granger coming back from having a baby and stuff, but really just started putting it on her, and you could see just was the more complete mixed martial artist throughout it. But very good win. Brian Battle, that knockout. Holy yes. Christ. Dude, that and here's the thing that you know it was impressive off of it, Joshua, because it just it's not the norm that we would teach. Normally, when you know think about it, kickboxing. I throw a left jab, right? The kick would be my right leg. I throw a right hand. Where would the kick come from? Left side. Yeah. He threw a he threw a, a just a, a faint jab, throws the right hand, and that kick came right off of the right hand. That is not uh, normally done that way. There's only a, you don't see it. Stephen Thompson has done it before. It yeah. can be done, but it's not the usual that you will see. Yeah, no, no. Actually, it, I don't want to. I don't want to argue with you on this, but I'm going to argue with you on it. Go ahead. <laughs> He really didn't throw the jab. He actually just parried down the That's same exactly side. That's exactly it. You're right. Yeah, That's so he, what I'm saying. He, he parried it down, and then he yeah. really didn't throw the street. He didn't, really didn't throw the right hand. He fainted oh, he the right it. hand. I don't know. It looked more of like he fainted it, and I don't only to cover the I, face. I don't think he threw it with power intending to yeah. land something hard with it, but it was definitely out and extended, and that's what you saw. He um, blinded the face and then threw the right Exactly. The right you saw Sato actually bring his head over yeah. to slide past it, and slid his head right into that kick. Yep. So what he did was he parried the jab, he parried the jab, then threw the right hand, but threw the right hand to blind, and then the threw cover, the kick right yep. over the top. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful, beautifully done. Very nicely was. done. Fantastic. Um, you like you said, Stephen Thompson is the first guy that comes to mind off of that. Yeah. When he, I think it was Seen his Ray, first Ray, fight. Ray Daniels does it at times and things like yeah. that, but it's I, just I, not the norm. That was Stephen Thompson's first fight, I think, in the UFC. Right? He hit the knockout with that. Yeah. I believe Man, it was. It he might have been his first, second, something like that. But it, yeah, it was right when he first, first came in. I think it was. He was at 185 at the time. Was he at 185? Right? Oh, yeah, I believe he was at 185 at the time. Yeah. I didn't even know that Stephen fought at 185. Yeah, I think his first one or two fights was at 185. Huh. Might have been even more than that, but I think it was just no. He's yes. never been that big. Yes. Really? He fought at 185. He's at 70 now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think his first couple fights were at 185. Forever. Yeah, in, the, in the UFC, UFC you're saying? Yeah, in the UFC, his first two—I think it was his first, I think up until he fought, like right before he fought Matt Brown, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> Stitchin is the one that he did that—that that fight, Stitchin. 
Yeah. So Steven what Thompson. was the weight? Doesn't specify here. Uh, hold on, let me see if I can. Yeah, while, while you try to find that, while you try to find I that, can, that was a I great comp. I can tell you places that would have it, but yeah, that that was a, that was a great combination. That was a great combination. Hit yeah. it really well. Very nicely done. Fight didn't go long. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, it didn't go people, long at all. People, people, that what they do is in the beginning they don't they don't understand the head kick can come at any time. And so a lot of people are thinking leg kick, work, you know, your fighter, the person you're going to fight, they're thinking that it's going to drag. They want to drag this fight out. They want to start doing their work for the second and the third round. So they're calf kicking, leg kicking. The head kick in the first part of the fight is one of the most underutilized weapons in the game. They've got a... It was welterweight. Yep. Jesus Christ. Wait, who do you fight? Oh, never mind. No, he fought welterweight throughout. Really? Because, because yeah, because I know when I did his fight against he he fought um John Johnny Hendricks that was welterweight. You know what it might have been? What's that? Is if you go back and watch that, maybe this is where I'm I'm off. If you go back and you watch that fight, he's a little tubby around the midsection. Really? And then as as he yes, and then as he comes back into his as, as his career starts building up, he starts really leaning out. He's getting some abs in that fight. He looked a little thicker, so maybe that's why I thought he was at eighty five. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, that's my bad. My bad. My mistake. <laughs> my mistake. No, no big thing. Steven, I didn't mean to call you fat, but yes, I did. You did. Yeah, but you did. But I did. And then I even said you were a little tubby around the midsection. Oh, uh, man, we're going to have him back on. I'm going to say, Steve, oh, I'm so sorry, guy. dude. I'm so He's, sorry that he called you fat. That there's a handful of guys in the sport that are really, really genuinely nice. Oh. I've got him. I've got him. I got him. I got Frankie Edgar. I got BJ Penn. Guys, when you meet them, you're just like, dude, you're, your personality is infectious. It's fun to be around. They're great people to be around. Just um, those three guys, I think, are right there at the top of my list of guys. They're definitely up there. Yeah. Um, Let's go. What else? Who else you got on here? Sam Alvey, time to hang it up, buddy. And if the UFC doesn't let you go, they're doing you a disservice. Boy, they are. They really are. I I thought, you know, with uh, Olachuk coming down in weight, I was like, man, that's just a bad fight. Bad fight because he's got at, at light heavyweight. He would bang with everyone, and and not that Sam doesn't have power, but Sam just doesn't throw anymore because yeah. he's worried about being hit. And the same thing happened. He's he's on his back foot. He's up against the cage right away, and Mikel just showed him no respect. You know, yeah. he just went after him, and it's it's because at this point, you know, Sam's been hit, and he the output is just not there, which only gives his opponent more opportunity to put shots on him and that's that's exactly what happened and like sam alvey is one of the you talk about a nice guy one of the nicest guys there is just unbelievable family man he had all his kids there which kind of bumps me out yeah well his wife runs the show and she's awesome but it's time you know and i I just don't i don't want to see him get hurt you know and i'm not you know i'm not saying he would if he continue on and I'm not saying that he won't continue on, you know, somewhere else, but he's just, you know, father time is a, is a bitch and you're just a little bit slower and you're not, the output is not there and it's showing as far as the results. And this is one that you look and you go, I, ho- I hope the UFC, I think that was the last fight on his contract and I, I don't yeah. see them re-signing him. I think they allowed him just to fight out his contract. Yes. They did. They said, you got one more left. They Let's did. They did. They did up. him a, try to be, you know, kind in a way. Except for who they gave him, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, well, but there's not. It's not. Who who are they going to give him? Let's be honest. 
I, I, I don't have no I have no desire to you said he issued oh, a statement. He, What's the statement he issued? It's not even. Well, I was the only reason I brought it up is because it doesn't even insinuate retirement. He basically kind of insinuates like he might want to keep going. He says, "Well, shit. I swear I used to be good. He I was. Steps. I lost a step somewhere, but my family got to see me fight live. I'm fine, but my pride hurts right now. Love you guys, even the haters. Yeah, you John, know what, um, John. Here's the thing. You said it. You said you know what? He may not get hurt. The thing is though, is that he's he's really really hurt. You want to know why? Because it's the damage we can't see inside that's between right. his ears. That's true. And that's the <clears throat> sure he may be doing that. He may be smiling. He may be doing all these things. These are things that will catch up with him later on in life. They can, and they will. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, be I, honest. I, okay, you're. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't want to. I don't want to admit it. I don't want to admit it. I don't want to. I don't want to put it on someone. I hope it doesn't happen. But you're. Absolutely right. There will be effects of his fight career that later on in life will come into play. It's just John, part, of, took, it's, it's part of what we do. I took way less damage than he ever did in his last eight No points. doubt about it. No, no doubt. doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I'm telling you now, at, you know, almost 45 years old. I know how damaged you are. <laughs> exactly. But I'm being honest. Like, we talk about it. That's we the talk thing. About it we all talk the time. about this all the time. I didn't. Uh, he's been finished. I think. What is it? Five out of the eight times, or seven, you, six dude, out of the eight times. Anyway, some up. of some of them have been KOs. Most of the time, it's a TKO stoppage on him because he's tough, and he continues. Yeah, which on, is even worse, though. Which is yeah, even worse. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not. Pull pull that up. Let's see. His, scroll down let's, so we can see his last eight so fights. Can, oh, hey, that's four right. knockouts. That's four knockouts. Okay, I'm so, I'm trying to see in the last ones what it was. So, so TKO so submission. You know. Decision, decision, decision. TKO with Jimmy Crute. I remember that one. He he took a lot of damage in that one. He was upset with Mark Goddard for stopping that, but Mark Goddard was right. He was he took a lot of damage in that. So, yeah, yeah. I just there's a lot. That he he is one of those guys that had taken a lot of damage. Um, it, when he did win, even when he did win some of those fights, at times he took some big shots. At times, yeah, he took some big shots. Yeah, tough. Dude. So, anyways. Super tough guy, smiling all the time. Great to be around, you know. Yep. But the thing is, is I would like to see him stop. Just period. Six kids, man. You got a lot to live for. There's a lot, there's a whole other life after fighting. People don't these fighters. They they don't think that they think because they don't know what's next. So in that process, they're thinking I got to keep doing this to keep making money. In reality, in four or five years, you're gonna realize. Damn, I didn't really need to keep fighting. I could have been. I could have wrapped that thing up two or three years ahead of time, and done something else. Okay, but so, I want you to see something here. Mm-hmm. That was the last preliminary fight because there was only four. Yeah, they're all finishes, Josh. Just like the whole card. Yeah. Card wasn't that great though, John. <laughs> I had the to. fights were not entertaining. Oh my god, in- you're crazy. They weren't. I'm sorry. Oh my god! Were. There was some absolutely entertaining fights. Uh, which one? Give me one. I mean, outside outside of the co-main and main event. Okay, give me, I, give me some. I was I was really impressed with Juliana Miller. I thought she fought a great fight. Mm-hmm. She 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 dominated a fighter who supposedly was going to dominate her, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought she looked great for the three rounds and put it on her. And when she knew. There's no doubt she had won the first two rounds. She went after her again in the third round. I love that mentality about mm-hmm. her. I love the way that she went to finish the fight, and she did. It was a you know 
a great performance. I really enjoyed that one. Terrence McKinney, that kid is a stud. He's fun to he watch. Is. He is fast. He's got power. He can wrestle. He's got the full package. He's just got to keep his mind and get the mentality right, fight IQ right, be smart. You fight know, IQ time. and conditioning. Yes. He's got to learn how to pace himself. He's got to learn how to not blow his wad. He's got to understand that not everyone's going to be just hit one or two times and, and the and fight's fold. going to be over. Yep. Yeah, they're going to keep pushing back on you. When you get to those upper level of fighters, you're going to realize that real quick. Who did he just fight? He just lost recently. Terrence oh, McKinney. yeah. he. You're right, man. I'm trying to. Who did he lose, lose to? It was a good fighter, though. Um, yeah. Drew Dober. Drew Dober. Drew Dober. Yeah. <sighs> stud. Yep. Dober's a stud. Um, but yeah, no, but look, the, I think Terrence McKinney is that right there. Is, got that right there is your future. whole point. Yeah. Facing a guy who will not just fold and will he'll, he'll stand there yeah. and come back. That's a Drew Dober. And you've got to have it in your mind. When it's so hard to explain to people that when you are used to landing a shot and hurting people and having them fold, and you, th- you know, after a while, you think, man, that right hand, I land it, it's over. And then when you get the guy that just snorts, you know, you hit him hard and he goes, and he just keeps walking forward. It's one of those, it's, it's a mental check inside that you go, you have to be able to say, no problem, let me just hit you again. But when you get used to the person folding in front of you and then it doesn't work, a lot of times psychologically that works against the fighter, even though they're the ones doing the damage, they landed the good shot. Psychologically, they start going down because all of a sudden now it's like they start to worry it's like oh my god what normally yeah. works for me just it's not working what do i do yeah i agree i mean i think he i think he'll figure it out he's one oh, of yeah. those fighters that i think will figure out he he has all the attributes like you said the speed the power the wrestling the athleticism the scrambling he's got all those abilities yep. it's a matter of learning how to pace yourself throughout a three-round fight because then as that progresses as that progresses He'll get better into the five round fight situations. Yeah. Which I think eventually he'll end up main event. He's gonna be cards. there. He'll be there. He's yep. he's tough. He's talented. Yeah. Um all right, any other fights on here that you want to talk about before we get into the co main and the main? Usman's brother. Yeah, you gotta talk about I first off, I did not know that he had a son that died. That broke my heart when I was watching that on the thing. And it's funny because I I want to complain about certain things. I thought the fighters performed great throughout the night. I thought, you know, when you have, you know, I tuned in at seven o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, to know that I, I I have to watch the prelims. So I tune in at seven and then it's like, oh, it's delayed until 730. And then two more fights. Oh, we're delayed again. When you have a, a show that you had four fights basically happening in a two hour window that was supposed to be a three hour window. This is where you look and you go, Man, it's shorten up your time, and I and sometimes it's you know it's not the UFC, it's the the programmers as far as ESPN, the people putting it out and stuff like that. They give them a window, and they've got to fill that window. And man, I'll tell you what, it gets brutal watching the same things over and over again. John, I'm not saying it's their fault, but man, it's brutal when you're the fan. John, um, I okay. Now that you brought that up. I'm going to be 100% honest. The fights were good. It was that that made me feel like the Absolutely. fights were not good. That's my whole I point. Was, I was drug out to like, when is, did I, I was actually trying, I actually went downstairs, made some food, came back up, 
and it just it, I came out and they were still talking about the same shit. Yes. I was like, what the hell? Like, did I miss a fight? I thought maybe it went through a fight already and came back and the fight and the fight hadn't even happened yet. Yeah. I was like, oh man. And this is look like you said, this is more of the network. So whether it's ESPN, whether it's you know, Showtime, whether it's yep. you know, CBS yep. Sports, whatever it is, whoever is posting your because they like you said, they block you out a period of uh, a window for you to show your fights. Well, they lost quite a few fights on this card. Yeah. And so that happening this basically that put them in a bind. They have to fill those space. So they've when they say they they're heavy, that means they've got too much content in a in a 3-hour window. When they say they're light, there's a lot of fill time in there, you know. So if you guys watch like the Seattle show when Bellator did the Seattle show, they came to me a lot because we were light. And so we were about we were about 15 minutes light before we even started the show. Yeah. And so if that's the case, then they came to me a lot more, which I fucking hated them for. But they came to me a lot more. Had they been a little bit heavier, had the fights went the distance a little bit more, they would have been a little bit more heavy, and then they would have came to me less. This is all stuff they've got to figure out on the fly. Well, what whatever what everyone it, it has an effect on your fights and what people think of your fighters. Oh, it, it does. Be, out like that. What everyone needs to understand is and they didn't always do this. I can tell you exactly when they started, but everything is blocked out. And so if you have a three-round fight, they block out that exact amount of time for that fight all three rounds so when it ends in the first round this is what josh is talking about now they're light they have all this time to fill because it was put into the plan of the broadcast and that's normal but when it gets to be as you know i'm just being honest you know i sat down at seven o'clock to watch and i ended up at one something in the morning being done over six hours for 10 fights yeah you know it, there comes a point where Either the network needs to change what they're doing or the, or the UFC has to you know, get a deal and say, hey, we want to run through our fights in a normal pace and have, you know, we want to put out good information for the fans and we want to, you know, put some background out on our fighters, but we can't continue to regurgitate the same thing over and over to fill time because we're going to lose fans off of that because they, I'm, I'm being honest, I thought the fighters performed great. They, they all yeah. went out and did what they were supposed to do, you know, great fights overall but it was tarnished by how long it was mm -hmm. look but we but john we're complaining right now but it's a rarity that this happens yeah it's very it's very rare that this happens they they did lose uh a couple fights which put them in this bind three of and them i think yeah. espn's yeah and espn's like look no you guys gotta fill the slot we can't keep cutting it down to almost nothing because we could have filled it with something else with other sponsors other people that came in endorsement deals yeah that they brought in they've got to give them commercial time they've well, got to and, get, and, and that's they, what they did and they have so much time in endorsement time that they have to put out for that show segment so yeah. there's all kinds of things and i just i just hate when that happens no it's a situation that hopefully we don't have to deal with for again for a long time but we will have to deal with it again it happens sure and we we now that we work on the tv side we understand because we get this this conversation all the time yep. with with our producer and our executive producer and stuff. So when we have these conversations, like holy shit, they're like, "Okay, like this is the this is part of the deal." When we're up there talking, when I'm up there at the desk talking, you guys, when you guys start hearing me drag things out, it's because I've got someone in my ear going, "Hey, fifteen more seconds, keep talking, give keep it, talking." So you just keep talking. You got more time. Keep talking. So you're dragging <laughs> it out, but you don't. You, when you only hear fifteen more seconds, you're like. Sure, no problem, but you're still talking about the same exact fighter that you already just said you just talked about for 40 seconds. Well, I've already talked about his game plan. I've already talked about his skills. I've already talked about his finishes all in 45 seconds. 
Now you need another 15 seconds. That's not enough time to throw it back to Amanda, our <laughs> listener Amanda, okay, and and have her and and have her throw me another question. There's not enough time. So you've got to just rumble on and ramble on about the same shit you already talked about. So if you guys ever hear me talking like it's like a what's it called like a run-on sentence? Yep. That's well, why. that's probably cuz I've got that's I've got someone in my ear going, "Hey, Okay, 15 more seconds. Keep talking. Okay, dra- stretch this a little bit more. Stretch it out a little bit more. <laughs> like, oh, you're killing me. Oh, but, but anyways, let me go back to what? Happens. Let me go back to the beginning. Mohammed Usman and, you know, and the and the loss of his son, man. That that was heartbreaking, but that's that little bit made me like Mohammed Usman. I mean, I felt cuz I'm like I have if you have a kid, you know, and it's the attachment of understanding how devastating that type of thing is, you know? And, uh, so, you know, just that little story bit, good job with the UFC. Very, I give it up for Usman for, uh, talking about it. It's not an easy thing to talk about. I know Dan Cormier had the same type of scenario with a loss of a child. He doesn't like to really talk about it. And it's, it's tough. You know, just a very tough situation. But I thought that little storytelling, that's going to bring fans for Usman. It's based upon nothing to do with his fighting skills, nothing to do with who his brother is. People now are going to just identify with him as a dad, as someone who's had tragedy, as someone who is, you know, he's still brokenhearted over it. You can see it, you know, and uh, I, I thought the fight itself, I really thought that uh, Pauga was the better fighter, you know, going in. I thought, you know, that uh, Usman had a chance with his power, but I didn't think he was going to hit him with basically a check hook with that much steam on it, you know, because where he threw it from, I was I was very surprised how much power it had on it because it's you really couldn't see it, but you could hear it, and you could hear that how hard it actually hit Pauga. And man, he was stunned when he was when he was going down. Stunned when he hit, and then he got put out with the the next shot. And Usman's strong, and he, and there he's in that. He's only he was like two hundred thirty six and a half pounds for this fight. You know, he's got the strength to be in there with any heavyweight. His wrestling is decent, not great, but it's decent and decent enough to you know get takedowns at times to keep himself up. But his power is that he's got scary power. And, you know, if he touches you, so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes from here. You know, unfortunately, with the name Usman, I think people are going to expect too much too soon. Yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope they don't put him in that situation. He's got a ways to go. He's got a lot to learn, you know, which is not taking anything away from him. I, I thought he went out there and he actually fought his fight. He was having problems in the beginning with Pauga and his, and his movement and his speed. But he just stuck to what he did, and then when when the power was able to be released, even though it was not, for, you know, he didn't throw it from from down south, man. He threw a short one, but man, put him out. That's congratulations on being. I guess you know the other part is the only brothers to win the Ultimate Fighter, so that's pretty that's pretty neat. Yeah, there's a lot of history made right there. I mean, and yeah. he's some, he has something to be proud of. His brother has something to be proud of as well. But I want to make sure that we continue to separate the two because it yeah. is not fair. I heard Rashad talking about this because he had talked to uh, Usman and goes, hey, you know, my brother won it. I want to win it. It's like because I want to fight. And you can't do that. No. If you're going to have a it. short career, if you keep trying to basically live in your brother's footsteps, don't do that. Create your own. 
and I, I've said this to a lot of fighters that you guys just because so and so was really good that you're friends with or your training partner was with or because that's your friend, you're like your cousin or your brother, whatever it is, that doesn't mean shit. I've seen two I've seen two guys, I know two guys <clears throat> that were fantastic athletes. One plays in the NBA, one one never made it to the NBA. But both of them came up, and the one that didn't ever made it to the NBA, he never, he was the one that was more highly touted. Yeah. Throughout his whole high school career, his whole college career, all of those things, but never made it. Yep. It's just, it doesn't matter. It just, the, the circumstances that it, you were hit with during that time. Now, for I think, because Kamaru Usman has laid the groundwork, and the UFC is going to work with his brother a lot more. Sure. And helping to build him Which and is, giving him time. That's good. <clears throat> In the situation where I know these two other guys, one it was the older one that didn't make it, and the other one was the younger one, so it kind of worked backwards. Um, it in this situation, he just needs to make his own. And they're not the same fighters; they're not the same level of wrestling power. They both have power, but I would say uh, Muhammad has more more power than than Kamaru. Uh, the rest, there's a lot more stiffness. The speed was definitely a big factor last night. Pauga was faster. Yes. His movement was faster. His it was a lot more on point. He was cleaner with like his he footwork. Was gonna, yeah. He was cleaner with a lot of things. It looked like he was going to start to run away with it a little bit more, and then he just got clipped. Yep. And that's what happens when you when you when, when you, you got dance power. with the devil a little bit in that power situation. You're dancing with them. It's a little it can get a little frustrating because you've got to be cautious and careful not to get hit. And he was able to land, but in the later in later on in his career, Usman's going to have to figure out. That a lot of guys are not going to leave themselves open like that. And a lot of guys will be able to take the shot like we talked about with Terrence McKinney. Yeah. They'll be able just to go yep, and just keep coming forward. They'll be able to bite down on the mouthpiece, take the shot, and still walk you down. How is he going to react to that? And the loading up is what I saw was a big difference last night. He would move backwards. Sit his weight and then load and up and throw. Boom. Yeah, he's got to be he's got to be cautious because those are situations that people will load. They'll basically good tech, good, very good strikers or higher level strikers. We'll wait for that. We'll moment. hit you. We'll hit you. Yep. Wait for that moment for you to sit down, throw that flying knee, or throw that push kick up the middle to the face, or do something along those lines um, to see that you're frozen for that moment. You can't do anything. And so there's there. He's got a long ways to go. He's not. He's not. Uh. He's definitely not his brother. But there's a future there, and I, yeah. and you, you see as you see the motivation, the motivation is there, um, not only because you know losing a losing a child on top of that, having a brother that's kind of paved the way already, and understanding the work ethic that went behind it, uh, probably sitting down and talking with Kamaro, going, "Hey, I want to do this." Okay, well then, hey, you need to dedicate this much time. You need to follow not so much follow my footsteps, but understand this is what I've done. This is what you should be like, learning to do. Learning how to get up in the morning and run at 5 a.m. Learning how to hit mitts in the morning or hit, or do your live train in the afternoon. Learning how to come back at the gym later in the evening and put that work in with your with your coach one-on-one. -on -one. Spend the time. Don't rush out. Oh, I got to go do this or I got to go do that. No, this is what you got to do. This is your career. And when, when fighters learn that, especially when you have an example like Kamaru Usman at the top going, hey, I'm, I want to help you, but you need to learn your own way. I think I think he can... I don't know if he'll ever be champion, but I think he can get up into that top 15 if he takes time. But he, they, what he does have working against him, though, John, Age. is he's 33 years old. Right. Yep. That's it.
So there's no time to fuck around. But the one the one thing I'll give him, he's got a good camp behind him. You know, this is the same camp. Jake Robles is his coach. And it's the same camp that, you know, for us, Grant Neal. That's one yep. of, you know, the guys. I love that, Grant. That he was great, great guy. Um, he, uh, we got to have Grant on. We got to have Grant on. I got his number. So what, we got to have what, Grant what a, on the, on the show here. beautiful human being he is. Absolutely. But, you know, Brandon Gertz can't, comes from that camp. A lot of good guys are going to give him a lot of knowledge. He's just got to soak it up and figure out how to apply it in the cage but true all All right right, well let's get let's get into the co-main in in the main let's go man (laughs) dude jeff neal looks so tight clean as far as his defense was good but he that left hand was money he could not miss and i thought the broadcast was right in the you know in the first round, Vicente Luque came out like he was going to try to put it on. Jeff Neal, head right down the center line, did not, no head movement at all. And it was like, I can take your shots. And it's like, no, you cannot. And I'm telling you, he took some huge shots. And I, and I give it, I love Vicente Luque. I am a fan. But you can only take so many of those before it changes your ability to win the fight. That was a 10-8 round in the first round, Josh. Yes, Okay, I know only one judge made it 10-8. It was a 10-8 round, and it was crazy that the other two do not because if you're going to tell me he wasn't damaged, you're fucking blind. And if you're going to tell me that he didn't dominate the action of the fight, you're blind. I'm not saying Vicente Luque did not fight back. Of course he fought back. That's who he is. But he wasn't effective with how he's trying to fight back, and he's being dominated in this round by a guy that's just way more accurate landing with more power being someone that is not accepting a whole lot of damage that first round jeff neal was just on point now listen to his coach side so unbelievable you know he's, he's yelling at him i'm thinking yeah i understand why you're doing it because jeff we've seen in the past loses focus during the fight he can do that I didn't think he really did throughout this fight. In the second round, maybe he let, you know, Vicente come back a little bit. But I thought in the first round and then with the finish, man, he I've never seen him look that good. What I've noticed right off the bat was the speed was a big difference. Yeah. Vicente Luque, for some reason, has gotten stuck into this very controlled, orthodox style of just, okay, let me just box you with the, with the basic technique. He came out in the second round, John, and kind of let that out. That's why I feel like you're saying Jeff Neal let him back in the fight in the second. I think Vicente Luque came out going, I got my ass kicked in the first. I need to up the game. Because he's gotten away with just being technical and standing there in in his win streak that he had leading up to his last fight against Bilal Muhammad. He was comfortable with just stuffing people's takedowns, hitting them with the combinations, and and hurting people. In in these last two fights... It's a very frustrating way to fight. When you fought Bilal Muhammad, you're worried about the takedown, so you didn't let it go. So I gave you a little bit of a, I gave him a little bit of an excuse. In this fight, Jeff Neal was not trying to take him down at all. He was dropping him, sending him to his ass. Yeah. There was no reason for him to get outstruck. He literally was waiting. He was just waiting, not throwing like he did against Bilal. And so in this fight, he was waiting, not throwing in that first round. And like you said, could not move his fucking head off the line. Jesus. What are you doing? Like, for someone was, who is such was, a great stand-up guy. It was almost guy, painful. 
It was. It wasn't almost. It was painful. Yeah, it was, it was painful, painful for his for ass because yeah. he kept getting sat on it. He was getting hit with that straight left every single time. It didn't matter where where Jeff Neal threw it from. He could throw it from his waistline. <laughs> he still hit him directly in the face. Yeah. It was it was um like you said, it was very frustrating, I think, to watch. I'm sitting there going, You're way better than this. Vicente yeah. Luque is way better than this. Yeah. He couldn't move his head left or right. His hands were up defense. He has a little bit of that Charles Oliveira style stand up, right? Where he just keeps his hands up tight, kind of walks forward. But he just he was very hesitant to yeah, let but at his least hands Charles go. moves his head off the center. He does. Line. Yes, yeah. he does. Yes. But there was just a lot that I was like, wow, the speed was a factor right off the bat. That was what I said to begin with. And then the second thing is he was just touching him. He wasn't trying to load up and land hard. He was just getting it right between the gloves every single time. And he was rocking him and hurting him almost every time he touched him. Vicente Luque is a, is a dog. He's tough as nails. Oh, we know is. that already about him. He's a talented, very talented fighter. Never been finished until but, now. But, John, do you remember... Do you remember what a couple of weeks back we said? Once fighters have learned and figured you out, it's like a snowball effect. Guys just keep using it, keep using it, keep using it. And he's lost two in a row now. Yeah. I don't know who they're going to give him next, but whoever is watching that last fight, watching this last fight, they've got enough information now on how to beat him. Yeah. The Bilal Muhammad one, I'm going to let slide a little bit because the wrestling threat was is legit. It's yeah. there. The cardio there is all those things trying to stuff takedowns that that kind of freezes you on the stand up, but in this fight, should it, never have been frozen would, in any part of that no. stand up. In fact, mm -hmm. even if you're slower, there's ways of you to utilize what Jeff is doing to try to get your counters in, and to you know be effective in the stand up. It's just, I think Jeff Neal the power I think kind of surprised Vicente Luque a little bit. I th I think it just it was one of those, wow, and okay, I I can still take it. No, you really can't, man. You can only take so many of those before you're just not fighting the same way, and he didn't fight the same way. It was yeah, Jeff Neal's night. But we talked about it last week. This was going to be the fight, and this was the fight of the night. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was it a fantastic be. fight, yeah. fantastic fight. I, I know it was one-sided. A lot of these fights were kind of one-sided, and that's kind of, I think, another yeah. reason why I was like, yeah, they were good fights, but they weren't like, they, they seemed very one-sided. The back and forth with some of them, but there was st still seemed a little bit one sided. This this fight, sure, it was one sided, but there was moments in that second round where I was like, Jeff Neal's got to be careful; he don't get carried away thinking that he's oh, I can just do whatever I want. No, no, right. no. You like you said, he has a tendency to lose focus, yep. and I saw a little bit of that losing focus in the second round, yep. where he barraged him, and then he kind of like had his hands down. You got to be careful because guys like Vasette Luque or other guys can really just touch you and put you to sleep with one shot. Those are the moments that separate you from being a good fighter and a great fighter. Those little moments of, of lapses of concentration in that fight where you were running away with it. Don't get carried away. Don't get cocky. Don't get, and I'm not saying you got a cocky or arrogant, but just the, the, the focus that he needs, you need to maintain for a full 15 minutes or a full 25 minutes during a fight. You cannot let that moment lapse. You cannot You cannot let your mind wander and start thinking you can get away with things that you can't get away with against someone like Luque. Yeah. Good fight, though. There was a big, big win for Jeff Neal. I think, I think it's, a, it's also a confidence. He fought a much smarter fight than I've seen him fight in his last several fights. Yeah. And, uh, but he, and he, you want to talk about – we talked – 
I can't, I can't remember who said it in the broadcast. He said, yeah, you know, big kicker, you know, with Jeff Neal. I was like, what? Who, who have you been watching? <laughs> <laughs> but was, but, but he, had, he had a hard kick, though. Yes, he There does. was like one or two kicks in there. He had a very, very hard kick on Vicente. I was like, ooh, why don't yeah. you kick more? Every now and then when he when he throws that thing out, you go, well, you got some, yeah. you got some snap on that. No. But yes, he does. Definitely right, boxing-centric. As my man Jamal Hill kind of boxing centric you know he's always looking for his hands and everything i thought thiago santos fought the fight that he needed to fight to try to win the fight all right guys this show is brought to you by mybookie.ag and guess what big john i am back and big john's gonna do the read today because i want to hear him stumble over some words what are you talking about very simple (laughs) we got mybookie.ag which happens to be one of the greatest gambling sites there is and one of the best things about it josh if you didn't know which i'm sure you didn't is that with mybookie.ag, if you go and you sign up with mybookie.ag, when you make your bets, you're going to get a little bit of extra spending cash. But the most important part and the best part is that with mybookie.ag, you only have to re-gamble that bet one time before you can pull all of your winnings out. It's not one of these things where you have to keep on betting, betting, betting all these times, eight, nine, ten times, one time, and you can pull that out because mybookie believes that our gamblers, our guys that are coming from the Weighing In podcast know what they're doing and deserve to be able to pull their winnings out. So everyone, we want you to go to mybookie.ag, go to the promo code Weighing In, sign in there. They are a great site for you to have fun with the fights that Josh and I try to give you a little bit of knowledge about so you can make that intelligent bet. Go to mybookie.ag. You too, Josh. I know people are going to go back and, you know, Oh, well, he fought John Jones, and I thought he won. Look, he's a good fighter, but he's getting older, too. And he's got those momentary sprints where he really throws and throws hard, but he opens himself up to it. But when he had that round, the third round, where he really went after the wrestling, and I, I actually thought that you know that would be, I thought, either in close, in the phone booth, I thought he had a, a, a shot against Jamal Hill. I thought he's got good knees inside, he's got good elbows inside, he's physically strong, get into the phone booth fight, that way you know, you can do damage without being at the length where he can utilize his power so much. Or take him down and be in the top position. The one thing we saw with Jamal, you know, Paul Craig is a very good submission guy, and so you can't take anything, you know, from that, and anyone can get caught by someone like Paul, but you know, Thiago's got some ground game. It's not the greatest ground game in the world, but, you know, on top, he's going to give you problems. And we've seen that Jamal's not the greatest, you know, jujitsu guy. He's not a guy who's going to be off his back. He's going to be good in the top position. He's got great ground and pound, you know, lands heavy strikes. But if you're Thiago, go after the takedowns and stuff. And he did, you know, and he, I, the third round, when that third round ended and he wasn't able to really do the damage that he wanted to do, with the takedowns, I think it exhausted him. And just going into the fourth, he was just a he was a shell of himself. He wasn't able to actually the offensive output just yeah. stopped. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Um, Jamal Hill looked uh, he looked good. What he did was he weathered the storm long and enough. And he fought through um, adversity. I'll give him credit. Yep, he got into uncharted territory. That's the thing yeah. what a lot of people wanted to see. We wanted to see whether he could get into those later rounds, whether he could get into being pushed around, whether he could take a shot. Well, he can take That's a shot. That's what I wanted to know. He can take a shot. He's got a chin. Yep. He's got a chin. So he's going to be someone to reckon with. I'm, um, 
Obviously, I love his call out. I didn't hear what he called out. Dude, he was he was calling out Jan Blahovich. He was calling out fucking <laughs> the champ, saying, hey, I'll take Yuri right now and stuff. He goes, give me the championship fight. I'll take Jan Blahovich. I'll take it. He's calling out everybody. Yeah. I'd like to see who did uh who did um let's see, who did Anthony Smith just fight? Makhmedov, right? <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Ankoliev. Ankoliev, there you he's go. He's not that, he's not gonna get Ankoliev, I don't think. <laughs> I'm just saying he's right up in that mix. Yeah. Well I mean you he, figured he, was, now. He, he was at ten. Thiago is at six. Now he's you got to figure he might move ahead of Anthony Smith. You know, Anthony lost, you know, broke his leg in that yeah. fight. So, but yeah. he's right up in that. You know, he he may be right behind uh, Dominic Reyes. I think you got to put him against. I mean, up a uh, above Vulcan, but maybe just put him and Vulcan Ozdemir against each other. That would be an interesting fight. I Vulcan think Ozdemir just got slated to fight again here pretty soon. Can you look that up, Dave? Yeah. I think Vulcan Ozdemir just had a fight. Got- he just yeah, I know. Fight. I think they already got a match up against somebody oh, really? else. So there's yeah, there's know. talks of him fighting somebody else right now. I just saw that yesterday, I believe. Yesterday or the day before. Um, yeah, that puts him right up into that conversation and that talk. Yep. Oh man, right All, already against Nikita. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, yeah. I well, saw that. The other so that day. one's gone. Yep, yep. That one's gone. But hey, like you, you got other guys. Rakic is out for a bit. I think. Right yeah, he's out. Yeah. Yeah, and then Anthony Smith will be out for a little bit too with a broken ankle. Um, I mean, realistically, let's him and Yo, him and Yon sounds good to me. He may end up uh, him fighting, and Dominic Reyes. Uh, Uncle Live. Is Reyes still fighting? Yes. When does he fought last? Well, he hasn't fought last in a while. Yeah, it's that's been, not, it's been that's a not while. The, How is he still in the rankings? It's been over a year, hasn't it? Fifteen months. Mm, is it six, How long do they take until they take you out? Isn't it fifteen months? Well, he lost to uh, me last year. Yes, yeah, he lost to uh, oh. Yuri. Okay, okay. So I think it's 15 months that they take you out. If you're inactive for 15 months, they take you out of the rankings. So he's got to be cautious. He's got to get ready to get back in there. That'd be a good fight. I'll take Dominic Reyes. I think that'd be a great fight. That'd be a great fight. I mean, that's a tough fight for Reyes coming off, you know, coming off that long layoff. Let's be honest. None of them are easy. There you go. None of them are easy. That's the whole thing. There you go. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk. Let's jump right into the PFL. John, there's not a lot to talk about. Okay. But it's not a lot to talk about. But then again, there wasn't a lot to talk about either with the UFC. Yeah, but there was. We did for an hour and 25 minutes. Thank we you. did. All right. Sure well, let's did. get it going. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. Okay. Let's go right to the top. Stephen Ray versus Anthony Pettis. Reports are that Anthony Pettis broke both of his hands. But like you said yesterday, John, when I was talking to you, that doesn't help you stop a takedown. So it didn't matter because I love Anthony Pettis, man. We were supposed to fight a couple times. Got a lot of respect for him. He's a dog. He's tough. He's talented. Um, he's when he's when I I seen an interview where he was talking about you know he sat down with Dana White and he talked to him and said look you know this this is the direction of my fight of my fighting career I want to go in I want to make a lot more money I want to do this I want to do that and so he just said hey I'm gonna leave I'm gonna go here and he, and and Dana said okay I I appreciate that thanks yeah. for letting me know you know have a good career they're still friends apparently good stuff for them Stephen Ray has the ability to take him down, control the back, control the top position, do all those things. And I was listening to broadcast. Broadcast said that he's enormous for the weight. He doesn't look that big. But but he he seemed like he he seems like he's really strong. Cause the way he was able to get Pettis down with yeah. ease. And a lot of guys Pettis at, has fought had a times, hard time getting him down. 
he he got into the the cage and around and his hands were not clasped and you saw him drive forward and, and all of a sudden his hands were i go yeah he's strong <laughs> yeah that's that's where that comes from yeah he seemed very uh he seemed very focused on getting this win now you gotta now you're gonna have uh two guys in the in the main event you know uh in the finals should be a good fight so but but anthony pettis he's 35 years old he's still got some left in the tank but when he was talking, I think during this interview, um, he was saying that, you know, he signed, I think, a two-year deal and that this is his last year on this contract. Well, he's making $750,000. I hope he keeps making that amount of money. But if you're the PFL, do you re-sign him? That's the question. You know, um, I don't know. There, there comes, you know, we've talked about this, you know, with every, every organization has got to come up mm -hmm. with an idea of, how much is that fighter bringing to the plate for you now in this position where you're paying them a lot of money and you're not getting the results of being able to use them where you want? And that that's, that's part of the game is, you know, you get the big money, you got the big name, and Anthony had the big name coming into the PFL, but he hasn't been able to get the wins. And if he can't get the wins, then the PFL can't use them the way they're paying the money to use him. He's got to be in their. He's got to be in their their finals. Even if he doesn't win in the finals, it would be a different situation. But you know, this is. I, I didn't. I didn't agree with this matchup. Hmm. I thought the PFL was, you know, looking and saying, uh, we're going to try to put, you know, Anthony against Stevie Ray again because we don't think that's going to happen again." Stevie Ray proved him wrong. Stevie Ray went out and did exactly what he was supposed to do. He put Anthony on his butt. He dominated position. He didn't do a lot of damage to him or anything like that, but mm -hmm. he put shots on him at times when he, when he could. And if you're going to beat Anthony Pettis, put him on his butt. You know, that's the best way to do it. It's not that he doesn't have the ability to have some submission game off of his back. You know, if you're in his guard, he's a problem. He's got some good submissions. You know, he's able to, to swing to the arm bar fast and those things like that. But if you pass to half guard, as you know, it's not the same and he's not the same fighter and everything starts to really slow down and he becomes much more defensive. Stevie Ray did exactly, you know, what he was supposed to do. Use the game plan that he was trying to use in the first uh encounter, got him a win, went back to it, did the same thing, and he got the win and he deserved the win. And this is a big win for Stephen Ray. And he's gonna be in the finals now against OAM. That's I'm not sure that's the the finals that the PFL wanted. <laughs> It's what, but it is one where you look, both are very good grapplers. Do I think it's going to be a grappling exchange? Not really. I think, you know, they're going to try to bang it out on the feet. We'll see what happens. I think, you know, it could end up being a good fight, but this is not the, you know, when you're the PFL and this is part of professional fighting. This is why the WWE, they get to write their endings. It's easy. <laughs> you don't get to do that in, in real fighting. And so in real fighting, you now have, you know, your your finals being OAM against Ray. I'm not sure that's what the PFL wanted, but I thought, you know, Ray fought a very smart fight, a very calculated fight. He was tough throughout. He definitely deserved the win. I, I think I think they had it 29-28, and you look and you go, could have been 30-27. Yeah, could have been. Uh, next fight. I can't see there, buddy. Oh, it's uh, uh, Akhmedov. Akhmedov yep. against... This is the battle of ATT. Come on, man. <laughs> it's you a little know, weird, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, the best part is, you know, I thought ATC handled it well. I thought, you know, yeah. they let both guys train. Uh, they both train, you know, at the gym with different coaches. Pahumba was with uh, Akhmedov, and you saw, uh, I think it was Conan and uh, Steve Mako yeah. with uh, Josh Silveira. I thought they handled it the right way. Sometimes your yeah. guys have to fight. This is a playoff. They're going to have to fight. Well, let's separate them, in, you know, in the workout room. They've worked out, you know, together before. I didn't think that Josh Joshua fought the fight that I thought he was going to fight. I thought going in he was going to be the faster fighter. I thought he had to get through the first, you know, first round with Akhmedov because Akhmedov's real strong. He's kind of a bully in the way that he'll go after you. He'll try to throw big shots, but he slows down. And I thought that Silviera had the speed and the stand-up that he's actually – you know, just touch, touch, touch and frustrate him and make him work and then get into that second, third and get him a little tired and you can take over. I, I'm being honest. Akhmedov looked like he was the guy that was not tired in the fight while yeah. Joshua Silvera actually looked tired in the fight, which kind of surprised me. You know, just a difference. And, you know, I had never seen yeah. that from Joshua, but I saw it in this one and I, th I think it made a difference, you know, but it was a close fight. It was a good fight. Yeah, Omar Akhmedov, he... he Prove me wrong a little bit because I said that he tends to slow down he does. as the fight goes on. That's he didn't in this last one. Week. He looked good. Yes. But, John, it's always easy to look. It's always good. It's always easy to look good when you're the bully. Like when, you, when you're the hammer, it seems like it comes. It comes. It feels like you're not using any effort. Let me, when, let you're, me, when you're able to push people around. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. When, you, when you're fighting, I, and it's, it's similar to what you say when you talk about trilogy fights. Hey, you know, you know what you're going in. You know what he does. You know, you know where he's strong. You know, you know where where you're going to have difficulties and stuff like that. Do Do you think that in this fight, and after it was only after the fight that I thought, you know what, maybe that had a little bit of a difference here. Is with Akhmedov, we do see him tire, but he had trained with Joshua, you know, all this time, so he knew exactly what he brings, and so he was comfortable with it, and so he didn't have that anxiety that that tightness that sometimes yeah. <clears throat> tires you out you think that could have been a difference absolutely the reason why i agree with you because when you're fighting a relatively unknown like not saying unknown fighter but when you're fighting someone you're not familiar with yeah. at all you don't know if they have something up their sleeve that they've worked on you, you're always expecting you're always tense you're always tight you're always prepared defensively which is a little bit of anxiety like you're constantly focused on okay i see that foot okay i see this i see his hip i see his waist okay his right hand's moving like you're always looking at something using your peripheral yeah. in this he understands he understood what Silvera brings to the table. Yeah. He knew what he was good at. He knew he already knew how fast he was. He already knew how hard he hit. The sense of relaxation. It was like, okay, I already know that he does all these things really well. I know what he does well. I know what he doesn't do well. Yep. The speed is one of the things that kind of gets people really tense. If you ever fought a fast person, if you ever spar with a fast person, you get way more tired a lot faster. Yes. Because it's like you're constantly tense, you're constantly flinching, you're moving when you don't need to move, you're, you're herky-jerky. All of those things add up to you using energy that you shouldn't be using in a fight. Well, in this situation, Akhmedov didn't have to do that because yep. he knew how fast Silvera was. He knew, he'd, already, he'd, been, he'd felt the speed and the power over all those training sessions. There was nothing to worry about, nothing. So he was like, okay, look. 
I've got to be careful of these couple little things. And But if I'm the bully, I know I could take his shots. All of those things can happen. And that, that opens up relaxation, which, which doesn't affect your cardio as much. Yep. That's right. Only after the fight, I was like, you know what? Now that I saw that, you know, Akhmedov didn't get tired, I bet it was part of the fact that he was relaxed more than normal based upon he was comfortable, you know, in the cage with the guy he was, you know, fighting because he's been there how many times, you know, on the training mat. Well, I mean, John, I want everyone at home to understand this. John just admitted I was right. Okay, let's let's go ahead and we're gonna, I want you, there's going to be a time stamp specifically for this moment right now. There, there's going to be is a this, time Hold on, is this, is this, I want to know, is this kind of like you saying I'm tapping when I didn't? You're, tr- nah, you're you trying did. to call a timeout, you're trying to you cheat. Did. You did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did tap, you did tap. Okay, OAM uh, versus Martinez. Man, you know, if if you were gonna ask me, the you know who was gonna have the the knockdowns in the fight, I would have said it would have been a Martinez. You know, I said, look at you know Oliver Mercier is a, he's his his stand up has gotten better. It's gotten way better. I think that uh, Zahabi's done a great job you know, getting him to be more comfortable in stand up because he used to not be comfortable at all. And he's got very good wrestling, and but power wise, I would have thought yeah, if someone's getting knocked down, it would have been Martinez. Doing the knockdowns? No, it was Martinez getting knocked down. I thought that uh, Oliver Oben Mercier fought a very good fight. I thought he was solid throughout. I'm not sure that he went for the finish the way I want to see him go for the finish. I thought once he got to certain positions, he was like, ah, "I just sit here. I'm winning. I'm just gonna, you know, keep putting it on, put the pressure on him and stuff." But overall, man, he did exactly what he was supposed to do, and that's a that's a good win. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I thought OAM was going to be a little bit more on the wrestling, try to get this fight to the ground. I thought he was going to not force it, but he's going to stand a little bit and then yeah. get the fight to the ground, put that heavy top pressure on. He fought a good fight, but he was able to, he was able to drop him so he didn't have to waste any energy uh, getting the takedown, which yeah. is nice. Yep. But uh, dominant performance, good performance. The performance of the night, turns out. Rob Wilkinson. Yes. Look at Rob Wilkinson is a... <laughs> He's a large version of Dominic Cruz when it comes to looks with a porn stash. Come on. He, I love it. I, I looked at him. It. I go, I love porn. Stashes. God damn. Does he look like Dominic as far as I hadn't seen him in a while, but he looks now he's it's even more. He looks like Dominic Cruz. He's a big version, big bodied freaking Dominic Cruz with a fantastic Tom Selleck porn stash. And that fight, that fight was fun. Those guys went it after was. it. They threw big yeah. shots. They both, Yep. hurt each other in the fight and a huge knee and then punches to finish it up by Wilkinson. But yeah. I really enjoyed what I saw out of him. And he's look, he's going to give uh, Omari Akhmedov some problems because he, he's he's a gamer. He goes after it. He, he, you can see that, you know, I'll exchange with you. And if he doesn't allow Akhmedov to be the bully and he makes Akhmedov take backwards steps, he's got a very good chance of winning that fight. Yeah, the problem is though is that he leaves himself open a little bit he more does. defensively. And Medoff's got the power to put the lights out. So in terms of that on the stand up, sure he's willing to exchange Wilkinson is. And I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. I want to try to keep this as positive no, as possible. His his opponent got, his opponent touched him and has power and touched him good. Yeah, so Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. So he's got to be very cautious. Got to tighten up that defense between this camp and the next one to try to stay a little bit more tighter and let the hands flow from the face instead of down from out here wide. Good fighter. Very fun. Entertaining to watch. Interesting to see how he does against Akhmedov. It should be a good uh, final. Tell me he's not Dominic's uh, he, bigger brother. <laughs> he just looked like I was looking. I'm going, God damn, he reminds I me of Dominic. I wouldn't be able to tell until I talk to him. Uh, does he, I want to know how much information he has. Does, does he... <laughs> <laughs> see the guy oh all right all right is there any other fights on this card you want to talk about no no all right guys Not that's gonna wrap up more pfl talk podcast dave's got a little bit of news for us we ran quite a bit this is about two hours in hour and 45 yep. minutes dang all right so i'm gonna let you guys uh choose the choose the fight do you want to talk ufc title fight announcement um adesanya Perea, or do you want to save that for midweek or do you want to do bellator has two fight announcements one for the 45 title, Patricio and Adam Boric, and then AJ McKee can up to 55. I think for all three, we can, we can talk all three real quick. All right, let's go. Uh, uh, yeah, because pa yeah, Patricio, let's talk about Adesanya. Boy, we knew this was coming. Let's be honest. Yeah. When, when, when Alex was able to knock out Sean Strickland, especially the way he did, and we said, look, the only way he won't get this title shot is if he doesn't look good against Sean. He can get the win, but he doesn't look good against him. They'll draw it out. If he looks good and he, he gets rid of Sean, which is gonna not an easy thing to do, they're gonna put him in, and that's what they're doing. And this is what they should do. This is the fight. If you're gonna go and you, you look at the history of these two guys, and they have history, Perez has been able to beat Adesanya. He is the better kickboxer. And I, I know that's to sit there and say better. He's got the power. He's got more power than Adesanya. He is the guy that has beaten him and knocked him out. So you have a lot that you can work with in the buildup of this fight. Adesanya says, bring it on, all that stuff. What else is he going to say? Adesanya knows in the back of his mind, I got to be careful here. I got a guy you know, with four-ounce gloves now. I got to be very careful in what I do you know, because he has hurt me in the past. And uh, in, in Pahe, you're looking at a guy that, you know, He's got confidence. He he doesn't have to worry about Adesanya being the wrestler trying to take him down. You know, Adesanya, you know, maybe we'll see sure Adesanya. About that, John? What's that? I was going to say, you sure about that, Yeah, I know, that, exactly. Maybe we'll see Adesanya all of a sudden become the grappler <laughs> and try to put him down. And, and, hey, you know, God bless him if he does. That's smart because it's called MMA. And I hate when people sit there and go, oh, it was bullshit, man. He took me. No. It's, that's what the sport is, and the sport is about using all the tools available to you, everything that you can do, be the more complete fighter. So we're going to see it, but I think this is a great matchup. I can't wait. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic matchup, and I mean, in terms of he got fast-tracked to the title, when this happens, in this situation, John, I'm okay with it, because if you look at the fighters that Adesanya has already beat, his, he's gone through the whole division. Sure, there's a couple guys that are trickling in now from the top 10 that are kind of in that range, but there's no one there ready for this. But hey, they, they did, they slotted him against the right people to get him to the title sure. shot as fast as they could because this is a good, this is a big time moneymaker fight. Yeah. I agree. That's and, why it's at Madison but, Square Garden. Yeah, this is going to be a great fight. I, I would like, to, I think Izzy is going to try to get maybe one takedown. Somewhere in there, he will mix up a takedown. I think in the clinch, maybe he'll drop down on the legs, see if he can get a, a takedown. If he doesn't, I think he comes back up. But he will attempt, I think, one takedown. And I wouldn't be surprised if Baheb tries one himself. 
I would not be surprised. Yeah. Just to just to keep it in your mind, just in the back of your mind. If I get one, you're going to be thinking about that, which freezes you one more time. That's one second longer for me to land that shot, that flying knee, that that right hand, left hand, whatever it is that he wants to land. So I wouldn't be surprised if both of them threaten the takedown. I'm not saying either one of them are going to get it. They both suck at wrestling. So maybe I don't think it's going to happen. But it does make for um this does make for a really good fight. The build up to it should be fun. You know, I don't know if the UFC is going to buy the old footage of him getting knocked out, which they probably will because it does cost them sometimes some money to own that footage. Yeah. So I'm sure that maybe they'll pull that footage. They'll pull they that footage to. and use that to the lead up they Absolutely. should. Absolutely. It's part of your marketing. Um yeah, exactly. It's part of your marketing, but it's uh, it, this is this is one of those fights that I can see being a great fight. And on the on this Absolutely. card is going to be Michael Chandler and Dustin Poirier. So that's already shaping mm-hmm. up November twelfth, which just happens to Co-main be main event five which rounds. Just happens to be the anniversary of the original UFC from the Nick McNichols Arena in Denver, Colorado, November twelfth, nineteen ninety three. So November twelfth will be an anniversary date for the UFC. Wow. Interesting. That's nice. Now, my um, the the Chandler and Poirier fight. That's also five rounds. Is Co-main it event five rounds? Yes. I saw. Yes. I want to look that up. I'm looking. I, I saw that, that Dustin, Dustin was asking Dustin, for that. Yeah, and then I saw but him put something on there. Five. He said five rounds, baby, on Twitter. Yeah, but that doesn't so mean think, that it's a five round fight. No, no. He I'm assuming that for, was that it was that he asked that was up, but that was already after he had asked for it. Really? I already saw that he had asked for it. Okay. And then he put the tweet out. I want to say the tweet was yesterday. Really? He said five rounds, baby, or like maybe it was on I don't know, my days are a little bit mixed up because I was driving through the night. I don't blame him. That's a but smart yeah, move by Dustin. Smart move. Really smart yeah. move. Look, Chandler in a three round fight is dangerous. It's trouble. Yeah, he's, he's he's dangerous. He's trouble. He's 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 a difficult fight for anyone in a three round fight. Yeah. You put him in a five round fight. Starts to break Start down, really even though he's opening he's, your chances. He's in great be. shape. He works his ass yep. off, but you, if you can push him in those earlier rounds, he does tend to tail off. Well, John, it's because See, right there, I'm, 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 look, I'm looking at you know calls for five rounds, seeks five yeah, rounds, nothing, but nothing that says it is. I don't think it is. But the UFC hasn't even announced this fight yet being the, being put together. It's just people speculating. They haven't come out and said the fight's happening. They already got betting odds the, on this, so you know it's yeah. happening. I get what you're saying, but the UFC hasn't officially announced this fight. Yeah. So, yeah, just I mean, because, I'm just going based it. off of... Just because they're behind yeah. us and we don't even try to break this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> These guys. I, I think a five-round fight would make... And look, they've talked about, or they already have had five-round uh, co-main events. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've already said that they're gonna a couple. Yes, they've already said that a couple. I think they've already had one. I'm still, well, yeah, uh, Leon Edwards and Nidias. Yes, five rounds. Yep. So they they've already had uh, co-main events that are five rounds. Okay. I wasn't sure if they had already had them, but I do know that they had talked about having them. There will be some one-offs that will be that way. Nice call on that which one. Makes Dave. sense. Yes. Nice call. Oh, finally doing his job. Um. Anyway, got one right. But this 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 fight. I've always said this. Is if you are a fight that is potentially going to fight for the title next, you should be a five-round fight. That fight should be five yeah, rounds. Yeah, but you've also said that if I'm a fighter, I'm going to tell them I don't want to fight five-round fights because it shortens my career. I don't want to fight five rounds <laughs> if I'm a, if I'm like number eight and number and I'm fighting number fourteen. I don't want to fight five rounds for that. I'm not, I don't want to train for that. Now, if you're like I've I've said that if you are the number one contender, this is a chance to fight for the title next. 
and this is your opportunity to do it, then I would suggest, hey, that this should be a five-round fight. Especially for fighters that have never gone five rounds. And now you're going to throw me into a five-round fight. Yeah. Give me a, give me an opportunity to fight a five-round five round fight before that. Just my two cents. Okay, hold uh, on. A great fight should be a fun fight. I, I, I'm not, I'll let it go. <laughs> go. No, no, no. Please, please, John, please. No, I was thinking. We haven't done a two-hour two show in a long time. Let's do it. <laughs> it, yeah, it goes all the way back to the Jamal Hill fight. They're interviewing him and they say, this is your first main event. I'm going, what was this fucking fight against Johnny Walker? That was the main event. How do they well, not? How do they not even yeah. get to? Oh, oh, Dave! Oh, 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 oh! Jeez, jeez! No, whoa, this is whoa. important shit. Very important, Dave. WWE, I, Dave. I WWE. want you, I want you to feel good about yourself because everyone ripped on us when actually it was podcast, Dave. Let's just put the blame where it fucking belongs, okay? <laughs> wow! But a, a little, but, little shade thrown there. No, this is awesome, but. Even though, and I, I'm sorry, people He's that I'm looking up on his phone. I am looking, looking at my phone because Dave, here I'm sending this to you. You can put that up there because at That's the great. end of the fights last night, did you not see that they showed a plethora of upcoming fights? Right. Okay. Okay. Dave, did you see the photo I just sent you? I got Nothing's this one for you. Yeah. Nothing's come through. Nothing's come through. Are you sure? Did, did you hit send? Come on, man. Of course I hit send. It's done. <laughs> did you text me? I did. You know what? Did it's you all... text the right Dave? Yeah. I put it on your... I didn't put it on like news <laughs> John, or anything like John's that. John's taking us serious right now, Dave. Man. John's taking us serious. Did you get it? <laughs> no. No, you'll hear, you'll oh, hear you, it go ding. Are you kidding me? You'll hear what it is wrong with you, you Scottish bastard? You live on a farm? Are you sure you get cell reception? <laughs> <laughs> it says it's sent. Uh, well... Uh, doesn't say it was delivered. Okay, but they have a... All right, here, I'm, I'm putting it up then. Here it goes. On the screen. Look at that picture. Usman versus Edwards, but who do they have in the picture? Jamal Hill. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, UFC did that? Yeah, last night. Oh, shit. Is that not really? awesome? There you go, Dave. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. That's Fucked up. <laughs> no, no, I don't Rocky so Edwards isn't even part of it, man. It's all about wow. Jamal Hill. I, I, I thought wow. I had. To, I, I looked and I went, "Are you?" I'm, I'm grabbing my phone real quick with nothing but podcast Dave in my mind because he had put up a picture of Sarukian instead of Gamrot, and we ate shit over at it. At least, at least Sarukian and Gamrot in the same fucking weight I class, know, dude, and the best. And they just fought each Thank other. You. So. It, Dave probably doesn't know who Sarukian or Gamrod is. He goes, you know what? 50-50 uh, chance. I'm going to choose this guy. Which guy's better looking? I'm going with this chance. guy. Yeah, this guy. Like, I'm not to mention, I was in Hawaii on vacation trying to get edits done. Like, oh, you know, I, I had excuse. I, I was oh, on no, five hours no, behind on schedule. excuses. Yeah, yeah I, had I had excuses. excuses at the wazoo, man. Okay. Wazoo. Oh, man. So you're not the only uh, one, Dave. Even the UFC well, puts no. out that stuff. Thanks, John. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's the next fight? What was the next fight? All right, so the two Bellator fights we have. Um, Patricio is fighting Adam Boric for the 45 belt. Very good yep. fight. We knew, yeah, very good fight. It should be a fun fight. Yeah. Can Boric take his shots? Because he does take shots in fights. He will try to keep this fight on the feet. I don't see uh, Patricio trying to take this fight to the ground. Yeah. The speed is going to be a little bit of a factor. I think Patricio is going to be faster. a little bit faster. You think who's you faster? Think so. I think I think Patricio's faster. Not even close. It, 
this is what I think, I John. Love let, you. let me let You're me wrong. let me repreface this. Let me repreface. Let me. Boric is the faster fighter, yes. but the more explosive fighter is Patricio. No, well, more powerful fighter. But the, here's here's where we're agreeing, but disagreeing in the words. Okay, he's got better timing. His timing is very good, yeah. which makes him seem yes. faster. Okay, I just feel like okay, when you look at like like Santos and Hill, right? Yeah. Jamal Hill, Hill's the faster fighter, but when Santos loaded up and he like not loaded up, but he really like swung real hard, loaded up, <laughs> is that it seemed like he was the faster guy, but he can only do that for one or two punches. That's right. So Patricio being, I think that that kind of fighter, he is the more explosive, like you said, but the timing is there. He will the timing will be on point. I don't know if Borch has got the power to put Patricio down. I don't know either. He does with a knee. Like, yeah, that's you know, true. He, he does have he's got some, some flying knee knockouts. What two or three yep, of them? And he's got he's got very you know he understands the distance and the timing on that. He does very well. It's a good fight. It's not the fight mm -hmm. that really you look at you go. It should be the trilogy fight between AJ McKee and Patricio. It's, you know, AJ McKee won. I the, think the last fight the last fight left a lot of a bad taste in a lot of people's Why? mouth. Why? AJ didn't, because it didn't seem like AJ was trying to win. He's trying to be a showman. It was a, and Patricio was fighting a very smart, fight IQ, cautious fight. Yeah, cautious fight. And if you're AJ, you can look and say, I made a lot of mistakes in that. I don't even think I lost the fight. There's a lot of people that don't think I lost the fight. And so, dude, I'm, I'm going to now change it back to what happened in the first one. But if you're AJ... And you're wanting to move it to the lightweight division because you say, oh, I'm, I'm fighting lightweight now, but I want to fight. You can't do that. He's the champion of the featherweight. Why is he going to come up and fight you as a lightweight? You go down and fight one more time at 145. But you didn't. And now he's fighting somebody else. You wreck, you wreck that trilogy. Yep. I mean, it, maybe he'll. I don't think he's going to come back down. I, I saw him at the, the last Seattle show. He's fucking enormous. Yeah. He's so big. I was like, holy shit. I was like, as I asked him, I said, are we going to see that? When's that fight happening? Because I thought he was fighting Patricio next from all the hurt, all the things that I had heard. He's yeah. like, he's like, oh, I'm all fighting at lightweight. I was like, oh, I was like, well, for one fight and come back. He's like, no, no, I think I'm here for good. I'm like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Now there is rumblings though, that there might be a lightweight tournament next year for Bellator, you know, uh, because we've signed all this great talent. These guys are fucking really good. You got Tofik Masaya. You've got Alexander Shabli. You know, you've got Brent Premises in there. You got uh, Mamadov, who's there as well. Benson. Usman. I mean, Usman. Usman and Margomedov. You've got these guys that are all there. Makes for a fun fight, man. Makes for a fun tournament. It's going to be a great. I think it's going to be one of the best tournaments that we've had. I thought the, I thought the featherweight tournament was really good. But you knew who the two guys were pretty much going to be at the top. And that's who you got. Yeah. You got AJ. You got Patricio. Kind of worked out the way that you would want it to work out. Except it worked the, out the way a promotion wants Except it to work for out. COVID being in the middle and fucking it up for two years. Uh, outside <laughs> of that, true. then, you know, but this Bantamweight tournament is shaping up to be fucking fantastic. Man, Rafian Stotts is looking so good. And you got these other guys that are in there. Just fucking fun fights, man. So fun. Anyway, so that, that whole thing aside, this thing. AJ going to, to 55, fighting Spike Carlisle. Not a fan. Not a fan, John. Not a fan either. I'm not either. If you're going to make the fight. jump, if you're going to make the jump, and you just fight, you just beat, considered to be one of the best guys in Bellator, if not the best guy in Patricio, you knocked him out, and then you lost to him, you know, you should be fighting a guy in the top two or three. 
Give me the top three. Yeah. Top five. Yeah, I'll take top five. Yeah. And and and, and which is murderer's off, row wanna, right now, by wanna, the way. I want to clarify this. I'm taking nothing away from Spike Carlisle. I love Spike Carlisle. I think he's a fun fight. His last fight or his actual first fight in Bellator was a barn burner mm-hmm. against Damaret, where he came back from the depths of hell where he was going to lose that fight to getting a win against Moret. Unbelievable balls, heart, all of it. It's just that he's an unranked fighter, and now you're going to put A.J. McKee, who's coming off of being your champion in the featherweight division. Just doesn't look right, doesn't make sense, and just, and it's you got too many people on that rankings, even though you know I hate the They're rankings so of Bellator. Bad. But there's too many people there that you can put them against that that – Makes more sense. Uh, this I look in this and I want to just throw up in my mouth. I know. The rankings, oh. fucking. It, here's the thing, though. I, I had a conversation with Coker about this. I probably shouldn't be saying this. I had a conversation with Coker no, about this, stop, and he's like, "No." Stop, he just stop, goes, stop, "Look." Stop, he goes, stop, "Look." Stop. If we don't, if we don't follow the rankings, he's like, "What's the point of having them?" And I said, "I get it. I get it." Okay. I, go, I I agree with him. But what's the point of having them when they make no sense? That's true as well. That's true as well. I, Josh, how in the world can you tell me that a guy that gets knocked out in less than half a round is oh. ranked higher than the guy that knocked him out? Wait, wait what fight is that? Brent Primus, Alexander Shobley. No, not half. They went, they went a round and a half. Was it a round and yeah, a half? Yeah, a round and a half. Yeah, they went. They I'm went saying in the it was the first round. round. I thought no, no, that was that was Mosiah and yeah. Outlaw. Yeah, it went. It went. Oh, okay. It went into the second round, but still, good. Still, regardless, got knocked a out. A guy, a guy got knocked out, and then not only after getting a knockout against a guy who's a former champion, because Brent Primus is a stud. The next week, the guy goes down. He's going down in the rankings. Yeah. How? How does a guy go down? Well, when I can, he had a beautiful performance, yeah. that is the only guy to finish a former champion, and he goes down. Yeah, I can understand why he went down because Tofik Mosaev was never in the rankings, so he in slotted in there after knocking out uh, the number one contender in Sydney Outlaw. So he came in and that pushed everyone down one. So that's why. But he should never be ranked below Brent Primus. John, let me let me let me help you with the rankings, okay? Let me help you. So you you <laughs> can you can help me all you want with this the, one. Go ahead. We've got we've got media that are on this, and I told I even told people in the promotion. I said, I love I love working for Bellator. I love the crew that we have. Our production crew is fucking. I think it's the best in the business. Absolutely, the production of Bellator is fucking phenomenal. The matchmaker is to me. Kogan is amazing. Rich Chow was amazing when he was there. They do a great job of of matchmaking as well, and especially when you're trying to build up a young star. What I don't like is because since we implemented this ranking system that we do need to follow it because what's the point of having rankings like Coker said if we don't follow them? But Usman Nurmagomedov is a teammate of mine. He's a friend of mine. I love, he's a young, talented fighter. I believe he's 24 years old. He comes from my home gym. I want nothing but success for him. But he is yet to beat a ranked opponent. How is he the number one contender? And there's a chance. Him being the number one contender, there's a chance he's going to get the title shot next. John? Yeah. It, it, it can't happen. You just have a guy, Mosaev, who has beaten our fighter, who's beaten our heavyweight, or who's beaten our heavyweight, who's beaten our lightweight champ, lightweight. and has also, and and not just beat him, 
Okay, beat him in, in Ryzen in the in the finals of the Grand Prix over there, and now Tofik comes over here and starches the number one contender in like nineteen seconds or twenty something seconds. Yep, he should be next in line. Look, I don't look. It's no sweat off my sack when we talk about this on who fights for the title. I'm gonna hype this shit up because when I look at this, when I look at this division, Usman, Tofik, Benson, Primus, Alexander, Shabli, Outlaw, all those guys. It's Mamadoff, Ramadoff, Ramadanoff, Mamadoff. You got Queeley. You've got Jury. Who I don't even know if if he's going to be in there much longer. He's not. He yeah. hasn't been fighting well. But then you've got uh, Rabada, uh, Rabadanoff. God man, Rabadanoff. Yeah. So Gatsi. How about I just say Gatsi? You've got Gatsi uh, in there. He's a fucking stud as well. That whole row. I don't care who you fight. All of them are tough fights for Patricky. Every single one of them is a tough fight for him. Yeah. Every single one. I want to see him fight all of them. So I don't care who you put next. I just get frustrated because the rankings, the rankings can make us look as a promotion, make us look bad. And when you have media who you can obviously tell, do not watch the damn fights. That they're going based off of name recognition. That's what they just did. And I, I love Usman. He's talented. He's marketable. He's exciting to watch fight. He's got a great following. He's a star that you're looking to really try and build. Absolutely, he is. Good-looking young kid. Good-looking, fights his ass off. Very talented. But the, you can just tell the media is going based off of, uh, off of, off of his last name. And it's not fair. It's not, I, do I think he should, he should be number two or number three? I'm fine with putting him there. Number two or number three. He should be in there. He's made it look easy, John. That's why I put him up there in the rankings. He, he's made it look easy. And some of these other guys, like, you know, like the, you have the older guys. Benson, you've got Queeley, you've got, you know, Primus is not old, but he's he's been he's been with Bellator for a while. He's had some ups and downs, you know, in his last couple fights. But he's still extremely talented. You've got Mamadoff, who's coming off his loss, I believe, to Benson, but also, you know, he's had some big wins. He had a big win over Primus. Those, those guys in there, are they're all tough fights. I just, the rankings, you can tell that the media is not watching these things. I can go on, I can go on weight class by weight class and say, this one's not good. This one's good. This one's not good. I feel like we need to have a little bit of input into our own rankings. The UFC, the, the media does their rankings as well, but you can't tell me that, 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 that Dana and UFC doesn't go, you know what? There's no way I'm putting this guy below this guy after he just knocked him out. There's no way. It's got to make sense. It's got like this yeah. doesn't make sense, and this makes us look bad as a promotion. Just, look, I I gotta stop. I gotta stop. You're speechless. I am. Stop. I gotta stop. It's... It just makes us look bad, and that's all. I, I just I feel like in this situation there needs to be somebody in the organization that says, "Hey, you can't have Alexander Shabley ranked below Brent Primus after he just knocked him out in a round and a half. You can't have it." It's not, it does, it's, we got to make that either. I don't care if you switch them one over the other. I don't give a shit, but you can't have the guy who just knocked out the other guy ranked be, uh, below him. Below. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. Th- it shouldn't work that way. No, That's all. That stupid. outside, I guess outside of that, I shouldn't care. Outside of that, like I said, all the, no, all the top, all those fighters are all going to give Patricky a really hard fight. Every single one of them. Yeah. Every single oh, no one. No doubt about it. No so, and I'm very encouraged by the talent that we're able to sign. I'm very encouraged by the, the lightweights that we're able to get in there now absolutely i cannot wait for that if it does happen this tournament i can't wait for that tournament to happen because there's a lot of top talent that are young that are explosive and that that bringing a lot to the table 
for these for these fans to really start to go, oh shit, I'm gonna start following that guy because that guy's really good. Tofik really made a name for himself in that fight against Sydney Outlaw. It's absolute stunning fight. Same thing with he went Usman. out and did exactly what you're supposed to do. But same thing with you, Usman, you, you, you. the way he beat Chris Gonzalez, fuck, very impressive, an outstanding yes. performance by this young man. So, but that was stuff. the best fighter he's fought in Bellator. Exactly, exactly. Who wasn't ranked? So, all right, guys, well, I'm gonna let, we're going to run this away. So go to WayneAndPodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. Got plenty of uh, T-shirts. I'm wearing high side. It's 50-50, as you guys all can tell. Beautiful. Beautiful shirt, beautiful. beautiful shirt. Uh, outside of that, John, let's go ahead. And, uh, it's been a long show, man. We didn't think we were going to talk it this has, much, so but it's been a long show. For everyone out there, we are hoping that uh, you did not fall asleep during any of this because it was all <laughs> fascinating, a lot of good information. Josh Thompson trying to put out the good knowledge for everyone out there i hope you guys had fun we did do something good for somebody and we will see you